Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back to post-episode issues, The Game of Thrones, Season 1, Episode 5, The Wolf and the Lion. And with me, as always, on this adventure is Joe Dirty Locks. How are you doing tonight, Joe? I'm doing very well. Very, very well. Good to see y'all. Yeah, it's good to... This is, we were talking last week about one of uh, your favorite episodes. This was probably... When I date back to when I first watched this episode, uh, this was one, this was the episode that really, more than anything, grabbed me with the fight at the end with Ned and Jamie. And I think it's one of the biggest changes from initially as the series was going, the biggest changes from book to show, and one of the best ones that they chose to chose to change. Yeah. I, well, when I first saw this, I didn't know that this was a change. I'd watched season one before I read anything, so. It was uh, it, it's a great episode. Every 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 this every episode in season one was one of my favorite episodes. <laughs> yeah, I, I was. Th- that's funny you said. I was totally thinking the same thing this afternoon when I was thinking about this season. It's like every season one episode, or every episode of Game of Thrones for that matter, is just there, there's no bad episodes. It's just it just keeps going and going, and it's still yeah. fucking amazing. I remember. I remember. My first, very first impression of this episode is it was one of my favorites. Um, and after the rewatch, when I, cause I watched it last night after we finished our our Breaking Saul, sorry, Better Call Saul uh, <laughs> recap review, when I watched this episode again, it was uh, it, it still I I found enough that I was like yeah, enough moments where I was still just as enthusiastic about it that my my like sixth time watching. <laughs> Season, so. And if this is your first time checking out our videos, this we are doing the uh, we're recapping the entire series of Game of Thrones. We're going back and going to be doing continuing on these tales in between the seasons that are actually going, and also doing recaps of season five episodes as they happen. Joe, could you adjust me a little bit? I'm I'm echoing all over the place. So if uh, you're tuning into this on iTunes, please uh, subscribe to Fill the Issues Guy YouTube page so you can check out all of our live recaps after season season five episodes and continue to see our live recaps and join us live like uh, dra- like Dragon, Do Chronic, Ghetto Toad, uh, Ren Ren with Vaughn. We're all with us tonight to uh, to talk about this episode as well. So if you guys are checking this out at a later date, please share your thoughts in the comment section or if you're listening to this on iTunes. Please come on over to the YouTube page and share your thoughts as well. Oh yeah, please, 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 love and it. please love and thank you. Yes, all all of the blah blah blah. So let's get into it again. Uh, just keep adjusting me a little bit, Joe, every few seconds because it seems like if you move me, then I don't then I don't echo, and then if you move me again, then I do. It's really weird. So so let's start this episode up, and we open up at the very beginning in King's Landing with Ned Stark arriving in the grounds of the Tournament of the Hand, where everything took place in the last episode he enters the tent where the uh sir hugh who's just died the guy that was fighting the mountain is being tended to and he enters to speak with uh barrison who's in there ned is he's not only concerned about how the body's being treated but he's curious as to how this kid what happened with this kid to allow him to afford a suit of armor like this He's investigating that that situation. He wants to know what happened. Why where'd this guy get this money to afford this suit of armor? And Barrison's like, no clue. In fact, no one even came to stay with him. So I stood watch all night, like it's some like tradition and honor that they that someone is supposed to do with a newly dead person. So. <laughs> 
old vigil. So so he Cyrus Barristan Selmy did that for the guy, and he he didn't even know him that well either. So. And uh, Stark Stark gets into oh one more adjustment, Joe. Sorry to keep asking you. It's it's echoing all over the place here right now. So Ed Stark says, uh, "Does Hugh have any family and anybody in the capital?" And uh, Barristan says, "No, no, no. I stood vigil for him myself last night. He had he had no one else." And he said, "Oh well, he's never worn this armor before. Bad luck for him going up against the mountain, huh?" And who determines the draw? And he says, "All the knights determine their own draw." Lord Stark, and he goes, but who holds the straws? Who gave them the straws to draw the mountain? Because whoever was going to draw the mountain in that situation has a good chance of dying. The mountain... Well, you know, it's not that if you face the mountain, you die, but I think that it's more reasonable if you do die when you face the mountain. Yeah, you're not supposed to die in a tournament. exactly. This isn't supposed to be... uh... Like, yes, jousting is one of the most dangerous sports ever created, but you're still not supposed to die. You're supposed to be relatively protected, you know? And you just increase your pot odds, so to speak, when facing against the mountain, as there's more of a chance you could die in that situation because he's, he's playing it a little bit tougher. He, he, he hits with bad intention. We'll say that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's, he's out for the money, and he's going to kill if he has to to get the prize purse he just likes killing he just likes killing yeah exactly kid he he enjoys it he definitely enjoys it so ned and barristan both exit the tent and they begin walking and they start catching up barristan says life is strange not so many years ago we fought as enemies at the trident and stark being a smart guy and not fucking around says right away i'm glad we never met on the field and uh oh that's what and he says, as is my wife. I don't know if a widow's life would have suited her. And Yeah, Barristan tries to tell him, you know, oh, no, you're a real good fighter. And he says, no, 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 no. My dad told me you were the best that there ever was. And my dad's never wrong. He, I've never known him to be wrong about matters of combat. So yep. and, uh, shut, shut your fucking mouth, Barristan. You're, you're a badass. Dragon says uh, Ned's going all CSI in this moment. Yeah, this this could be the Ned Stark CSI episode. He's, he's It's all on the investigation tonight. And, and Ned, oh, well, well who, who gave him the armor? Who drew it? He's just, he's investigating. He's getting so, he's so impassioned by all of this through the first yeah. half of this episode. I just lo- love it. Uh uh, what a guy. Hi, Katie, says Ren Renwood. Vaughn says, you've done good work, ladies. Thank you. Oh, shit. <laughs> and, then he, and then he just steps outside, and him and Barristan are going on. You were a fine man, your father. What the Mad King did to him was a terrible crime. And right when he says terrible crime, Ned Stark cannot switch subjects quicker. He just yeah, he, he, did. He, he goes right back to talking about the kid. He, 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 what was that, Katie? He hit a nerve. He did. He, he did. He did. And I don't think he was – I think he was trying to be respectful unlike, say – I think maybe Jamie earlier a couple episodes ago was trying to be respectful in his own Jamie fucked up way. But but Barristan was really, I think, trying to be respectful here and not dig at Stark. I just think Ned Ned just doesn't want to hear about that. I don't want to hear about that shit. That's the past. That's, that's past Ned's problems. Future Ned's problem needs to find out about this lad. And he, he asked about the lad. The lad was a squire until a few months ago. How could he afford a new suit of armor? Barristan says, P- perhaps Lord Aaron left him some money. And then, he, then they start talking. I hear the king wants to joust today. And this is, to me, this is one of my favorite lines that Ned Stark ever delivers in the entire series. Just, just how he says it. Yes, that will never happen. I can't even replicate how he says it. But his response to that uh, Robert's good. 
the line should have read more something along the lines of, yeah, just what, a box of jelly donuts? <laughs> and this is another slight change from the books, I believe, if I'm remembering correctly, uh, in the sense that I think Robert does fight in the joust in the books, but he he's talking more about going into the melee, and it doesn't get separated as much in this. That kind of all gets combined into one. In the book, I believe Robert wants to just go go in and fight in the melee and uh and stark's like no fucking way you're fat you're too fat you can't do that no one's gonna hit you yeah you're just gonna run around hitting everybody else while they're trying to fight each other and nobody's really gonna you know no one wants to hurt the king no one's yeah, you gonna be the no. guy that broke the king's leg Come uh-uh. on. <laughs> well <laughs> people people probably want to hurt the king they just they just know that they can hurt the king they right. dare not <laughs> But do you think, uh, I guess it's more about the other people that aren't the king. I get a feeling like Robert is the type of guy that would almost respect you more if you did hit him. Oh, yeah. He yes. wants a fight. Yes and no. Yes and no. Robert also seems a little petty. Yeah, as we see later in this episode, he does get a well, petty when it comes to Targaryens. Or Lannisters. Or Lannisters, the sniveling right. cunts. <laughs> Fucking Lannisters. <laughs> they may be the sniveling. Right. You don't think you don't think if Sir Loras knocked him a good one, he wouldn't be like, ah, oh, fucking Puff just knocked me a good one. I'm gonna have to treat him like a bitch for the rest of his stay in King Landing. Yeah, possibly. I mean, if, if, if we... he is my brother's boyfriend, you know, like. And mo- probably more to that effect, effect just because he do- likes to treat his family kind of shitty when it comes down to it. He doesn't necessarily have the greatest relationship with Stannis, even though Stannis did a lot of good stuff for him when it came down to it. So, right. you know, like, there's a, there's a lot of, like, uh, it's very, what have you done for me lately with... With, with Robert? With Robert, with the exception of uh, Ned Stark. Ned's the one that can get away with saying anything to him. It, and again, and again, you need just about, just about. Well, he does. Well, he does. I, I mean, we're, we'll get to it, but fuck it. Let's talk about it now for a second. Well, saying, you can say anything. He could say anything he wants to him in private. Yes. But he can obviously say anything he wants to him in public too. And, just and about. Robert's just not going to, Robert is never going to put his head on a spike. That's an no. empty threat. No. That's an no, empty probably. fucking threat. Exile him of somewhere. Not. Maybe, maybe, so, maybe. If he ever, if he ever wants to, like, uh, all he has to, like, he thinks and he pines after, after Ned's sister. All he ever really has to do to get closer to Ned's sister is just have a conversation with Ned. <laughs> and if he put, ever put his head on his bike, that would be that auction is gone. His oldest and truest friend, the sister, the brother to the to the woman he loved, would be gone. He can always dream about putting a dress on Ned Stark and marrying her. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Who knows how they grow up in the Vale? Uh, Freddie says, I don't think Robert is the warrior he used to be. And, no. and, and, but I wonder if, oh my goodness, I no. think the big question though is, does he have, still have the warrior mentality inside of him? Does he still have the warrior's honor? And I think that's what Ned goes to. I thought you were a better man. You're not the Robert I used to know. It's not just about the way he looks. It's about the, it's about being, being, I think just not just being so bleh by everything having to deal with everything every day has pacified him but any fire that was inside robert's gone oh yeah yeah now he's a spoiled king right he's been he's been drinking and fucking and that's about it and <laughs> eating for the last 12 years or so since the great get ghetto toad the look that ned shoots robert just after he calls him fat it's just hilarious yeah ned in this whole episode with robert is fucking hilarious yeah, his, his like laugh it. out loud I, funny i love what he does what 
what uh, Robert does too to the little Lannister boy. What a joke. We'll get the breastplates. <laughs> so mean. Oh, oh, oh yeah, we'll, we'll get to that. We'll, we'll get to that in a few seconds. He is He's amazing to him in that scene. He, he's totally uh, Joe Pesci and Goodfellas to him. Laugh? Oh, what, you're laughing? I'm funny? I'm a fucking joke? Fuck you. And uh, Richie, Stannis is the one true king. Yep. Yes, he is. Stannis. Uh, Ren Renward, I love Robert saying, I thought being king meant I could do anything I wanted. You were almost, and, and everything that he said in that moment, and we talk about this a lot with Mark Addy. He just has such an ability to combine comedy and, tr- and like, tr- being tragic, like tragic drama in just the way he says something. And some of those lines when he says, I thought being king meant I could do everything. You could look at it as a funny line, but the way he says it with such almost, almost infinite sadness that that's not the way things are. Uh, do, 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 do chronic little finger making bets. He knew he would be losing to show he won't go against the family. It's important for Tyrion's defense about the knife bet that wouldn't have made or bet that never would have been made. What the, but the bet that Littlefinger made was Loras against the mountain. No, he's talking about the earlier bet that with uh, that he lost. He lost the knife to Tyrion. Or, or yeah. Oh, the the dagger. The, the dagger. I think that's what he was talking Brand about. Dagger? But that yeah, that was a lot. That's not this episode. I think that I, I kind of thought he was saying that Littlefinger losing this bet shows that somehow he'll lose. Bets. Right, that that he'll lo- that he'll lose a bet, then he doesn't care about losing the bet if it serves his plan, like losing the dagger. Right. In that bet, like like maybe he knew that he did he he had full knowledge that he was going to lose that bet and lost it on purpose so that that would get into Tyrion get into Tyrion's I hands. Thought he was going to win the mountain bet. It's the mountain yeah. versus the flower. Yeah, people assume the mountain's going to kill People are, the yeah, the mountain just killed the man. <laughs> uh, Vaughn, in the situation with Rygar and Lyanna, kind of broke Robert mentally. Absolutely. Dragon, oh. go get the breastplate stretcher and, and bring the left handed <laughs> wrench tool. Poor Lassie Lannister. Oh, Lassie Lannister. <laughs> oh, I love Lassie. Bring the left handed wrench tool. <laughs> so Ned separates from, uh, and, and Ned ends up saying if the king got what he wanted all the time, we'd still be fighting a damned rebel. Rebellion. So Ned separates from Barristan and he enters the Robert Robert's tent and Lancel Lannister, his squire, is attempting to dress him. And Lancel, it's made too small, my lord. Your grace, it won't work. Your mother was a dumb whore. Very smart kid, you know. Your mother was a dumb whore with a fat ass. Did you know that? I know. What an asshole, huh? <laughs> Look at this idiot. One ball, no brains. <laughs> <laughs> to which Ned, the line that Duke Chronic was talking about, just goes, "You're too fat for your armor," and just looks at him up yeah, and down. He, he, like, and that was—he's—it doesn't matter that this kid's a Lannister. This kid's a, just a kid, and he sees Robert being mean to him, so he throws a good shot in right in front of the kid. And uh, Robert says, "Fat? Is that how you speak to your king?" That was, and then Lancel starts laughing. He turns him. That's funny, wasn't it? That was funny. Pesci oh. moment. Yeah, and then he. Uh, you think I'm a clown? Yeah, that's huh? what I said a second ago. He, he starts giving him the good fellas, the Christopher Moltisanti. Yep. Him. What? What? I amuse you? What are you funny? No, you're. Gr- I think it's also De Niro does it in uh, Raging Bull. Yeah. No, you don't. So you don't like the hands joke? You're telling me the hand isn't funny? What? You're not laughing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Lancel runs out of the tent to uh, get the breastplate, 
breastplate stretcher, and Ned starts just talking shit, the truth to Robert. It's some things you can tell Robert hasn't really heard from anybody on this planet in years. Or maybe Cersei just in in uh in her being a douchebag to him for for douchebag reasons, so he just like uh, enjoyed it. Ned's actually saying it to him, the breastplate stretcher. Maybe you should invent one. All right, all right. Uh, watch me. I'll still go out there and hit one. And then he goes, you have no business jousting. Leave that for the young man. Why? Because I'm king? Piss on that. I want to hit somebody. And he says, who's going to hit you back? Anybody who can. And the last man in his saddle will be you. And there's not a man in the seven kingdoms that would risk hurting you. And you're telling me these cowards would let me win? Yep. And then he goes, drink. And he forces Ned to drink. Ned's like, I don't want to drink. And he's like, no, you drink, motherfucker. Yeah. Sure. You better Damn be it. at least drunk when you're calling me fat yeah. and saying I can't play my game. Listen, Ned Stark, today is Friday and you don't got shit to do today. You're fucking getting right. drunk yeah, today, fuck. motherfucker. Down at the door. So yeah, you're you're down in that Dornish wine right now. So so then Ned kind of playing as we said, as someone said earlier, Ned Stark CSI agent tonight. He's invested. He goes the Squire, a Lannister boy. Why do you? Why would you have a Squire as a Lannister Squire? And he said, well, bl uh, bloody. He's a bloody idiot. Cersei insisted, and Ned gives him this kind of like, oh really thing, and then converts into saying, John Aaron, I can thank her for Cersei. So, uh, she, Cersei Lannister would be a good match. You'd need her fathers on your side. I thought being king meant I could do anything I wanted. Sad, and I wrote sadly defeated. He was very defeated when he said this. Okay, let's watch someone else hit. Maybe I can smell someone else's blood. And then he tries to walk out, but he's walking out with his big belly hanging out. Yeah, and, the, king. <laughs> the king's new clothes, right? <laughs> what? What? Oh, and it's. King, I think they made your shirt too small, too. <laughs> Never mind the armor. <laughs> An inspiring sight for the people. Come on, bow, bow before the kings, you shits. I love that. I love him so much yeah, as King Robert. So, so incredible. And I love this TV sitcom, too. I really did. As cheesy as it was, it was. It was special. And you you have to just in general feel bad, or I personally, when I, I guess I should say it like that, I feel bad for Robert. I feel bad for someone that was this great warrior, not almost being a victim of his own, or not almost, being a victim of his own success, being such a great fighter that being that great fighter brought him to be a king. And then once he defeated anybody, no one else has the balls to face off him because he's the king, well, really, and then he can't fight really, anymore. If, if we remember that rebellion or or if we'll talk about it for a second, um, it's quite possible Ned could have actually been king, not, not... Uh, yeah, we, we talked about Robert that a lot. Raffi. We talked about that a bunch last week with, uh, he was the first one to arrive there. Robert was injured at the Trident. And right. Not to mention, it wasn't just that. It was also the fact that Ned Stark is actually, uh, you know, Lord of Winterfell at the time because his older brother and his father are dead. So even though Robert Baratheon is is Lord of of uh, of whatever place that he's from, uh, I can't the Stormlands. Stormlands, yep. Show us on the map where the Stormlands are, Joe. Yeah, the Stormlands, right, right here. Thank you, Katie. You're welcome. Um, I'll be Joe's pointer. Ned's got a much <laughs> Ned's Ned's you know, kingdom is half the half the continent. He's <laughs> able to raise the biggest armies if he needs to. March of that rebellion was was Winterfell and the North support. Uh, yeah, it was so all the, about uh, sister. And it was all about sister. his, you know, those the, the 
the Lord, the brother, and Ned's sister dying is kind of what sparked this rebellion. So Ned kind of had a stronger claim to have taken the throne, but he gave it to Robert. Yeah, he didn't want anything to do with that. Yeah, Ned doesn't want to be down this south. He just he just doesn't. That's not that. He, he has little shits shits interest in becoming oh, no, king. No, no, no. If Ned if Ned had been uh, king of Westeros, not just Lord of Winterfell, the capital would have been Winterfell. He would have went back to Winterfell. That would have become the capital, and that's all the uh, King's Landing just would have become a port city or some shit like that. Uh, a couple couple questions from the comment room. Ghetto Toad. Robert is the king of a kingdom he never wanted to. He really doesn't give a fuck. I, I think I think that is very clear. And that's, that's true too. And uh, Dragon, just putting. I read your question. Just putting it out there early. I'm pretty sure I know what you're talking. About. You're talking about the end of this episode, and we will uh, we will deal with our our choices of who won that. Uh, competition as we get there uh, freddie said ned was worried jamie was gonna claim the throne at the time he, he absolutely was that probably was his first thought when he wandered in there and saw jamie lounging on that throne uh duke chronic says they raise princes to be kings uh ghetto toad says oh that sounds a little dirty yeah no that's that's ren that's private you weren't i i told you that in confidence oh oh katie you're joe's stunt finger oh whoa uh mystic hands float in from side to side thanks kate katie says ghetto toad the mystic mystical hands floating in here and there so uh, so now at the jousting track where there's lots of onlookers, onlook uh, so we see Sir Gregor the Mountain come out and attempting to bow before the king before his, uh, before his horse takes down the lane. His horse, you can see, th this is one of those things that I didn't get the first couple times I watched it, but, but watching it this time, it was very clear to me. And th th everything that Loris does with the horse, he can tell that the horse... Yeah. yeah, you can tell that the horse is uh, in heat and that the mountain's horse is like is upset and he sort of goats the horse a little bit. It's it's a pretty it's pretty smart move that Loris does. Smart. Yeah. And I didn't, I, you know what? I never really caught that in like the six times I've seen this episode, including last night. I never really caught it, and I think when they mention it afterwards, like Littlefinger says it. Something, it's subtle. Yeah. It's I know they mentioned something and I I think I always have trouble hearing it and in my mind and even when I read the book, I read the book to like that of as what that's what he does with the horse. But uh in the show for some reason I thought he fucked with the with the guy's lance. So his lance broke you gave that no force and he knocked the mountain you're, off the you're right visually it was a little tough to follow that if loris did anything with the horse i more caught it this time because i was paying real attention to dialogue so i caught what Littlefinger said very yeah, specifically it's quick, it's quick. It, so so we'll get to it here so we're at the jousting hor uh, circle gregor comes in bows before the king and then Stark, uh, Ned Stark sits down next to Sa Sansa, and uh, this is probably the nicest Sansa's ever to Ned Stark since we've seen them together. Uh, Ned asks where Arya is, and she says, "At her dancing lessons." I don't give a shit about Arya. Shut up about Arya. And then, and then Loras comes over and presents flowers to her, and she thanks him. She goes, "Oh, uh, the night of the flowers. Thank you, Sir Loras." And as as he's bowing to Sansa, Loras exchanges looks with Renly. Uh, they get a, they sort of give you a, like see you later, see you later eyes, and uh, Loris then rides out and bows before the king, also taking down the opposite track to face off against the mountain. And you can just see that the mountain's horse. I wrote in my notes. You can just see that the mountain's horse hates the mountain. 
you, poor you fucking horse, that huh? Beast on your back. Oh my poor god, horse. that's the that's the beast with ten backs. That's a fucking huge motherfucking beast. The mountain should just run down the aisle. He doesn't need a yeah, horse. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Ren Renwood says Loris's armor was fabulous, but no way he could see out the out that helmet. Yeah. Very pretty. But I, I couldn't make out what the fuck his helmet was, mm-hmm. but it was very ornate and very weird. Yeah, Ren, Ren said no way, no way he could see out of it. Right, yeah, no. So, uh, I think Sansa's dragonfly necklace has to do with the story of the Prince of Dragonflies. Love for Jenny of Old Stone, which was made into a song. Yes. Oh my. Interesting. Yes. Very and good, Lawrence, what a pimp. He goes and gives, uh, gives her the flowers, Sansa the flowers, too. And I fucks Renly at the same time. He double, oh, yeah. he, he double plays them right there. He goes, okay. Well, Renly knows what, what Loris is doing. <laughs> Renly knows that, that he was going to do that. That's part, he does that every time he gives right. a rose to some chick. Right, but it's really, it's a really smart move if you think of the long-term game. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, the, but whatever. Okay, sorry. Whoops. <laughs> Whoops. So uh, Ghetto Toad says, uh, Sir Loris is the, is the best. He must know every trick in the book. Yeah, and, and that's what it really comes down to when we get into his, ex, uh, his scene with, uh, exposition scene with Renly later I think it's very cool what the show has done with Loris and made Loris much well, uh, much character when he talks about it's not a gift I have I work at it I work every angle work every situation yep. and 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 when we finally do a little bit of a spoiler not, I'm not going to really break anything but when we do finally meet the family of women that he comes from it all sets in it place it all sense. his character makes perfect sense with the family that he's come from it's I, yeah, without, without, yeah, song. Joe, without getting too far down that line, I just want to say right. in general, I love how the show has changed and developed the Tyrells, yes. the, the Tyrells, whatever. I, I, I really think they, they did an excellent job at, especially with, especially with Loris and, and with his sister who we've yet to meet quite yet, or who you might meet at some point soon. <laughs> so, so, so Sansa gets, oh, don't let Sir Gregor hurt him. Oh, t- Oh, and uh, he she she actually hugs Ned. She she cuddles up to him. I can't watch, and she puts her hand in his yeah. uh in, on daddy. his. Oh, daddy! Vaughn says it's better to cheat than be killed by the motherfucking mountain. I added the motherfucking. <laughs> uh, Duke Chronic says you can't, you can't argue with that. No, that you can't argue with that logic, and you can't really. The the mountain's tough to stab in the back of the head with a knife. That's that's difficult to do. <laughs> And uh, Duke Chronic says Renly gives him a look like, "Get over there." <laughs> he knows. He yeah, knows. Like, he knows yeah. about the mayor. <laughs> oh yeah, and the, and uh, we get our exposition sex scene with them later. We'll get. We'll get serious. Oh, I did want to say, Ren. Uh, Ren. We. Uh, it's our fault. Ren's just spent sixty-seven dollars on three seasons of The Walking Dead in t-shirts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. It's a good investment. And a free t-shirt almost makes it worth it, yeah, right? Good, good investment. Good investment. So the mountain's horse uh, just starts uh, starts to after or starts freaking out because of the mountain. So she doesn't want to watch. She puts her head and kind of hides behind Ned. And we also hear in this scene Baelish say, 100 gold dragons on the mountain. Renly takes the bet. And then they get into a little bit of an exchange that's funny. Uh, now, what will I do with my 100 gold dragons? Uh, Dornish wine, a girl from a pleasure house. And Renly says, well, you could buy a friend. And, <laughs> and Sa- Sansa, the first time I watched this, I totally thought Renly was going to die, too. Just the way they said 
not Renly, excuse me, uh, Loris was going to die. The way they were setting it up and what happened in the last episode with the mountain and the way Sansa's like, he's going to die. I'm like, oh my God, she had a premonition. He's going to die. I, I just remember oh, the- what, like, this guy, like the mountain's going to kill everybody he goes against. Yeah, I, that's what I- anymore. Well, he keeps going. Like, this dude's tiny. Everybody's Loris tiny compared tiny. to everybody's yeah, tiny. I guess I'm saying- like, <sighs> I'm a big boy. <laughs> I'm tiny next to this guy. <laughs> I'm, I'm just shy six feet, almost 270 pounds. I am absolutely good point. Good point, Vaughn, about the Tyrells. The only bad thing I'd say about the changes is that the two older Tyrell brothers were pretty damn cool. It, I understand that, but the show, the show has so many characters already. I almost can forgive the fact that they're they combined some characters. But I agree that the brothers were cool, and uh, and and they took some of the cool aspects of the other brother and gave that to and gave that to Loris. Or gave him some of those features, but and we'll and who and maybe we'll meet them as time goes on. I haven't heard any weird casting noise news yet. Okay, so we cut back and forth the whole time of uh, of the shot. Also, if you want to know where the Tyrells are actually from, they're from this area down here. Uh, could could you back up a little bit when you do that because you're blocking the map with your bar? There we go. There we go. <laughs> Oh, look at the you with your fingers, Mia. Oh, there was a, you guys see that flirting there? They're playing footsie with their fingers. So that, that's where that's where High Garden is actually right there. That's where he's from. That oh, so so the, so High Garden can uh, can get the Dornish weed pretty easy. Uh, High Garden is where they act, is where the, the weed is. Dorn is where the wine is. The, the good weed is from High Garden. Okay, yeah, let's right, let's get let's High get to Garden, it. High Garden. Right. Yeah, High Garden. That's the one thing that we got wrong in earlier podcasts. Yeah, we we, we review. We to, There's a reason why Loris is the flower knight. Yeah, the dirt the dirt weed comes from Dorn because they from get it. They, they bring that's like yeah. They bring the, it in over. I'm pointing at the map like I can see them. Yeah, they br they bring it over the Darrow Sea and uh, it's. It gets smuggled in in people's butts and stuff. So, so okay. So we cut back and forth the whole time between the mountain and the wars, and we could, <laughs> and we could just see that they have completely different styles. The mount wars is. I want to. I want to say I, I don't condone smoking of marijuana recreationally only, medically only medicinally. Okay. Uh, I I I I I don't co I don't co sign that. Sign that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think it should be legalized in this state, so it could be smoked recreationally, and then I wouldn't advocate or not advocate. Vaughn says the Tyrells are from Dirty Lockland. I see. <laughs> so cut back and forth the whole time, <laughs> and it goes back and forth. We hear uh, the trumpet heard, and we hear the two different styles between, like I said, the two different styles between Loris and the Mountain. You can see that the Mountain is just all brute force, and Loris has just mad skill on his side. And uh, the, the trumpets heard, and both competitors race down their lanes. And Loris knocks uh, the mountain off his mount. And Renly goes, "Ah, such a shame, little finger. It'd be nice of you to have a friend," kind of mockingly. And why, why, Sir Renly? When will you be having your, your friend? friend? <laughs> little finger gets him with that little bar right <laughs> back, you little. One million dollars, one million, boy. <laughs> so Gregor gets up off the ground and uh, and he shouts for his sword and his squire brings him his sword and then what the hell is up with this show? They just want to hurt horses. Gregor severs his ho head the head of his horse. Completely through, he gets like seven eighths away through this horse's freaking neck. He godfathered him, Joe. He he's gonna go put that in some guy's bed and ah, ah! with one 
blow. Mm. It's wow. hard to get through a, a human head in one neck in one blow. You need a big, heavy, sharp sword. This motherfucker went through a horse head neck. That's a strong, big, meaty, muscly, bony fucking neck. That's hard to do. That's fucking hard to do. <laughs> Duke Chronic says Mount Buckethead, and Ghetto Toad also says I want to get some high garden grade <laughs> Aaron Groove. for sure. <laughs> Gr- the helmet does is just looks like a big freaking like dirty bucket on his head. <laughs> He's gonna pull out the guitar and start going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. uh, Ghetto Toad says I want some high grade Aaron grown crop. <laughs> Dragon says uh, doesn't anyone else hear Littlefinger out Renly right there? Oh, that, no, that, nobody really cared. Everybody knows yeah. he's in the yeah. court. He's Robert's younger brother. And from what I gathered, even from reading the story, I don't think uh, gay is a big deal in Westeros at all. It's a don't ask, don't it's, tell. Yeah, it's a don't ask, don't tell. People do what they do. It's, it's known to happen amongst, uh, you know. It's a don't ask, don't tell every, almost everywhere except for Dorne where it's just, oh, everyone, who gives a shit? <laughs> right, everybody, <laughs> everyone everybody fucks everyone. Everyone like, fucks everyone. It's not, it's not a big with. deal. There hasn't been any... And I don't. I think that might change by the end of the books when they do certain things. Right. We, we, spoiler alert: with maybe some characters that might be entering the story in season five. Right, but for the most part, across Westeros, it's not a big deal. Yeah. So uh, it's gr- a huge deal. So yeah. So Gregor cuts his horse head completely off, and he uh, goes plants it in some poor movie producer's bed because to get Johnny Fontaine that part, and the crowd is stunned. Gregor then attacks Loris, knocking him off his horse, striking him down, getting ready to kill his, kick his ass. And then, where's the bell? Ding, ding, Dump, ding, ding, ding. Clagane Bowl 1 happens here. Oh, and yeah. dun, 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 it's dun, amazing dun, dun. to see them start throwing swords on each other. He gets his sword in just in time to save Loris's life. Okay, I feel like before before we go f- any any further down this road, let's let's start off by saying no person inside that entire fucking stadium was happier than the hound. The look of the hound's face when they shifted Whoa. over to him when the mountain got knocked on his ass was just hilarious. Yeah. It was, oh, he was like so But let me ask you a question. Let me ask you this. Knowing what we heard about the mountain and the hound last week or last episode, yes. episode before this, knowing what we heard and how much he must hate his brother, do you feel like he did this to save Loris's life, or do you feel like he did this to save the mountain's life? Because surely yeah. he kills Renly right there in front of everybody like that. That's straight-up murder. This is a tournament. This is fun. Be a good sport. You got knocked off your horse. Loris won. Get on with your fucking life. He, or, goes, he goes and tries to murder him straight out. Or I did he... Did that he would meet the mountain's head? I, I'll go. To, oh, what was that, Katie? What were you saying? No, I was just. I don't think that he's doing it for his brother. I, I think if anything, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna kind of go in between you guys. Ooh, that sounds sexy. I, I'm gonna say I think he might have been doing it for the Lannisters ultimately, knowing that the mountain is such a big important part of their armies and stuff like that. That in a sense he was he was doing what you were saying, Joe, protecting the mountain's life right there. But by but I'm, protecting, I'm, seriously, I'm not sure. I, I have but, no, but, but no here comes... real idea because I can't see why he would want to save uh, Loris's life. What what does he have to do with Loris at all that we've seen? And so the only thing I could think of is he's saving his brother's life. He knows his brother's going to come after him. He sees his brother coming across, just cut off the horse's head. So the only reason in my mind is to save that guy's to save his brother's life. Interesting. He does have a little good heart in him. The he, hound. he does. Yeah. And 
like his brother's done a lot of damage. He's like, if any, if he's gonna go up against anyone who's being cruel to anyone else, it's gonna be his brother. Okay. And let's get in. Let's get into it. The the important question is: Dragon put in another good fight. Who wins if Robert doesn't stop the fight? Oh. Yeah. Who wins? Who wins? Who wins? I think the Hound ends up winning the there. I think his skill and speed would would end up winning over the mountains. Uh, outright brute rage. force. Outright rage. Right. <laughs> like brute but, rage. You know, he's on tilt there too. The mountain is totally Ren, uh, Renly. Uh, Loris put the mountain on tilt a little bit too, so he's he's not quite. And here's a here's the thing too. You can't go always by this one beats that one, so this one would win in a fight, or this one beat that one and that one, so he would automatically beat this one, even though this one lost to that one. Variables. And all, variables and all that. Like So thinking about these two straight up, and they have a, a huge history, I'm going to say it, go, it comes down to <laughs> if one of them makes a mistake, maybe. I think because... It's tough to know. The mountain is regarded as maybe the most powerful, best warrior. Let's let, let's powerful warrior. Let, let's I think check the out. Is smarter. I think so too. Let's check out the chat room for a second. See what a couple people think in there. Ghetto Toad says the hound was quick in that moment. He was so quick. He got well, all the way down well, from the yeah. stands and got his, and got and saved Loris's life. Loris went. Loris went code brown. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. He didn't even try to get. It. Once he was on his back, he stopped moving. He was like, "Fuck, I'm dead." He did. He went There's complete code brown. <laughs> Ren says, like Robert said to Catelyn, "It's uh, it's it's you." It's your gods with all your rules. It's your gods with all your rules. Richie says Tywin would find a loophole and find a way to save the mountain if it came down to it. Uh, uh, Ren says no way. He hates his brother with a passion about yeah. Sandor and the mountain. Vaughn says I think he just did it for his own reasons. He said fuck it. I just feel like fighting and jumped and jumped him. Or just said fuck it and jumped him. Freddie says I think the hound would want to kill his fucking brother again. And, I, and, and that affords him yes. the opportunity to kill his brother. Yes, because yep. he can't just because he's saving him. saving this guy Loris's life. They would have looked at it like he saved Loris's yes. life by killing the mountain. Duke Chronic says that armor would tire him out fast. I think talking about the mountain, uh, the hound yep. was just strong enough to slice the mountain down too. Dragon says first mistake equals first to die, as you were saying yeah. in that fight. Vaughn says he just needs the right moment uh and uh and yeah i knew what you meant i even as i was saying it ren knew that you meant ned not robert in that moment but i just read as i'm ron burgundy i read whatever's written in front of me so i just said i said robert but but yes when uh when uh when robert when uh when ned said to catelyn it's uh it's your your gods with all your rules and stuff and uh also from big kev welcome big Big Kev having a rocking show tonight. Get to hear some Game of Thrones talk while playing some poker. And I want to smoke some of that high garden as long as it doesn't come out of someone's ass when they bring it back to my land in Westeros. <laughs> Very good point, my friend, Kev. Good luck in the card. Good luck. Standards are important. Good luck in cards. Don't go all uh, mountain tilt. Don't go on, get on tilt like the mountain and, and make some poor decisions. So, uh, so the crowd's stunned. Gregor attacks Loris, knocking him off his horse, striking him with swords. The hound runs down, and from the stands, they face off in the power battle as the music rises in Clegane Bowl 1. But, and you can tell like the look on Robert's face as he's watching it. He's upset, but he's also like connecting to that bloodlust inside of him somewhere and feeling that, feeling the fight. Who knows what he's flashing back to, but the feeling on Ro Robert almost looks possessed. Oh yeah, he he takes all he he lets them fight for a, a I don't know thirty seconds of of arm of armored combat is a lot. 
and yeah. he lets them go at it for like 30 seconds. They take a few swings at each other, a few blocks and parries, and uh, it was I loved it. I, yeah. I loved every second of that action. And, and this it, is just the start of the action for this this episode. Right. And in, in the episode that was, this was this was one of my one of my favorite fights in the episode, Joe. <laughs> it was one of my I, yeah, out, of, out of the fights that were in this episode. I think they're all pretty much tied, in my opinion, yeah. for how much yeah. I liked them and enjoyed yeah. them in the moment. And how, how exciting this episode ends up being. I think I think I enjoy the last one a little bit more, but we'll get we'll get there. We'll get there. Last fight. The last yeah, fight of the episode. I, mean, I think I enjoy a little more. Ah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, we'll, we'll 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 get there. We have a long way to go. We'll, we'll get there. So uh, so here we go in the second so minute. When, when, hold on. When Robert does stand up and he ends the fight, he says, "Stop, Stop. it now! In the name of your king, uh, you know, end this." Uh, the hound immediately just one knee, head down, bows to the king, and the mountain comes down with this fucking swing and this massive broadsword that he's got it's huge the thing is at least five feet five feet long two-handed it's like six inches wide it comes down and it just comes like right across the hound's face almost takes off if it was like if the hound hadn't moved fully back into the kneeling position he would have lost his head in that moment yeah it was just like the flash of that sword going across my screen Still, every time I see it, I'm like, oh, that was close. <laughs> it, it is so close. I love how the hound just doesn't give a fuck when he's bowing. He's just like, I don't give a fuck about that. Right, and, and he, like, bows and then just storms off, like. Or I, what I mean is is when the when the mountain does that last slice as the hound's, like, kneeling down. Right, he doesn't give a shit. He's going to kill him. And the, the hound doesn't give a shit if he gets killed there either. He doesn't dodge the, the slice. He just kneels and just and it misses him. It misses his head. He's like, <laughs> swords just like that. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> and uh, a couple of comments from the from the chat room. Dragon says Joffrey has this weird look in his face the whole time, and I'm gonna add like he like he's coming in his pants for the uh, oh, the violence. Yeah. Oh yeah. And Vaughn's yeah. Vaughn says like a former football player in the crowd watching a close game. I know the feeling. And uh, so so do I, so do I actually. When you used to be in the band or you used to be playing, used to play in the field, and you I can't even sit in a fucking Pop Warner game again. No, I'm kidding. So, Joe does too. Joe, uh, Joe, a former former athlete of sorts, and uh, jo- Joffrey Dude, loves I, a, like like no no. When I watch when I watch some sports on television or some fighting, uh, like some sometimes when I watch UFC uh, or when I watch football or if I'm watching like uh olympic judo or wrestling i twitch like i'm watching what's going on and my body twitches like small little muscle memories from when i used to yep. do that stuff many moons many many years ago jeff but, was a rat uh, jeff i sorry i just called you jeff for some reason you, you get into it you're like oh yeah like you, like it you can feel yourself get into it and like it must be the same for them they're just so into it and joffrey he's just the violence is what he loves, no matter what kind of violence. I'd sure much rather be performing it than watching it. Ghetto Toad said it perfectly, though. Joffrey loves a fight, and I add love violence as long as, as, long as, he's, as, not, he's, not it, as long he's not in it. As long as he's not in it, yeah. So, so we continue here. Sandor takes the bow, bow and uh, and then the mountain storms off. Stop this madness in the name of your king. Excuse me. And uh, in the mountain, the mountain storms off, and Robert says, let him go. And uh, then uh, Loris goes to the hound and says, I owe you my life, sir, and holds up his hand. He goes, I'm no sir, as the crowd cheers for the hound, and he looks very uncomfortable with the crowd cheering for him. 
very, very uncomfortable. And here and here is where you have the first hand raised for a champion. This is where it all stems from. And uh, uh, do chronic. I know. Yeah, no, different place. Do chronic. I know the question you're asking. That Clegane two thing. Uh, we're not going to really touch upon that too much. We'll talk about that more in some of the season five stuff when we go, when we do some uh, spoiler uh, book club thingy podcasts and stuff. We'll definitely deal with that issue at a later date. So, uh, so then we cut over to stopping for a rest presumed on the king's road on the way to winterfell apparently we hear catelyn stark and uh and she says remove the hood and we hear the singing song the annoying song on that eve the captive imp wads the horse and did the imp whatever the hell he's singing all that sort of shit and uh and Tyrion, i fucking ugh. okay this episode had no daenerys in it no Jon snow it was mainly a stuff in king's landing happening at, or it was all king's landing stuff and uh, Tyrion and Catelyn going to the eerie stuff. Every, I can't say it enough. I feel like I repeat myself. Every scene that Peter Dinklage is in, he steals and he's amazing. Him in this whole entire moment from beginning to end in this attack and everything he says leading up to the first thing when he, he goes, am I starting, starting to make too much sense? Very wise. I'd stab someone with my own blade. What kind of an idiot would do that? Right to the last thing when, when Braun goes, you really need a woman. And he looks at Lady Stark and he goes, oh, well, I'm down if she's down or something to that effect. If she's willing. Yeah, if she's willing, I'm down. So he, he says, this isn't the King's Road. We're right. I thought we were riding to Winterfell. She says, I did, often and loudly. He said, very wise. They'll be in droves. And then he makes sure he opens his mouth and says, everyone knows a Lannister always pays his debts. And my father... <laughs> wink, wink. Yeah, my father would pay a lot for this information. And, uh, and Tyrion says, untie me. Why, why would I do that? What am I going to run? The hill tribes would kill me for my boots unless a shadow cat ate me first. <laughs> and Tyrion says, right. I mean, right? He, and shadow he's so smart. He's so smart. Like, because as soon as the helmet, the hood comes off, he's, he's figuring out where he is. You said we were going the King's Road. I said it loud and many, many, many times, you know? And so it's just brilliant. And then when he says the shadow cat thing, <laughs> She's like, oh, there are no shadow cats around. He's like, oh, so we must be going to the Vale. <laughs> yep. Oh, the Vale. Oh, your sister. Hmm. Or shadow cat won't get you. Or whatever, whatever, however it was put, he knew that because of her answer, he knew that he must be going in a specific direction, and that was towards his sister, her sister. <laughs> clever, he's clever. clever. He's smart. This man is a genius. He is and he an, can fight. And, ah, oh, he is a brilliant... <laughs> little fucking fighter <laughs> he kicks so much love ass him. love him love this motherfucker and, and i love the counterpoint between how serious uh, michelle fairley or i think i pronounced her name right there plays every scene as catelyn stark and how just it, Tyrion's attitude and the way the two of them play off each other game of thrones as a show uh, the show itself not talking about the work in general but the show itself is excellent at putting these two two actors together and getting these amazing teams oh, and odd couples well, at different times. And Catelyn and Tyrion are just you put like, Dinklage with anyone and you get amazing stuff. Yeah, I've I, seen I agree. him in some pretty bad movies, but the stuff that he's doing elevates the stuff that other people are doing. Absolutely, just, he's amazing. He's an absolutely amazing actor. Very it's one of my favorite actor. parts of Nip Tuck. Like when when that show started to lose me. He, that's oh, my first crab hands. Yeah, he's the nanny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's the 
Oh gosh, Nip Talk. That was oh, that was my God. first introduction. Oh, to be honest, that was my first introduction to Peter Dinklage. I, I think it was mine too. And he stole every scene he was on in that show. He, and he also stole one of the main characters' girlfriends, uh, wives, excuse me, and uh, it, which was a very hilarious moment in that show. Uh, so, t- so Tyrion said, we're going into the Eastern Road, the Vale. You're taking me to see your sister to answer for my imagined crimes. Now, then he just goes into it. When was the last time you've seen your sister? Because he's seen her a lot more recently down at King's Landing. And uh, T- and I wrote in my notes, Tyrion is so fucking funny here. Uh, it's just something about his voice and the attack of what he says. Every scene that Tyrion is is the best scene ever. And I'm just going, which funny that that's what I wrote in my notes. I'm going to read what Ghetto Toad wrote. Every every scene, every line, every episode, love Tyrion. Yeah. Yep. And yes. It doesn't get any better than Tyrion. When was the last time you saw Liza? She's changed. The way he says she's, <laughs> she's not the same person you know. She's changed. She's always. And she is. Well, oh, she's yo, let's get to her. Yeah, we're, we're going to get to her. That woman. She's always been a bit touched, but now you might as well kill me here. Perched in that nest is a good place for that cuckoo. That's for yeah. sure. And this is where he gets into the whole thing about the dagger. And he goes, what kind of an imbecile arms an assassin with their own blade? And then uh, uh, Sir Roderick goes, should I gag him? And he goes, what, am I starting to make fucking sense? Yeah. Right, exactly. So exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so almost right on cue, a rock slams into one of Catelyn's men. It, they heal oh, one hard, of- too. I was like, did that dude just yeah. get shot? Like... <laughs> It was pretty, it was, and it made this thud sound. Ah, oh, and then you start seeing the other rocks flying, and it's real. Mm. Everybody just scatters, and Tyrion's like, Cut me free, cut me free, cut me free. <laughs> they start go. fighting, there's melee going on everywhere. The hill folk that Tyrion was just talking about are, have now attacked the, the group yep. of them. It was awesome seeing Braun there. Like, yep, this Braun is... was like, Oh, he smelled the money, and he went with it. He was like, Oh, I made a gold dragon off of this guy in the end. Mm-hmm. I'll make some money off of Catelyn Stark. I'll go on that on that journey. And, like, we don't even know, really, who this guy is. We just all. know he's cutting motherfuckers down. He, he's, oh, yeah, and he's, he's doing a great ass. job. Yeah, yeah. And when Catelyn cuts cuts the, the imp free as all this melee is going, Roderick, is that his name, Roderick? Yeah, Sir Roderick. Sir Roderick is kicking ass, too. He's going nuts. And as soon as he cuts Tyrion free, Tyrion grabs a shield, and is a, he's looking at the horse. He's looking at Catelyn. He's <laughs> looking at the horse. He's like, and, and, like, Catelyn's just cowering on the ground with this little, like, fucking butter knife in her hand, right? Her litter opener, right, that she just cut off the duct tape on Tyrion's hand. Right? And, like, this melee, like, axes and, and clubs above her with shields. And Tyrion runs over just in time, knocks this dude down, and starts bashing his the Beautiful. pointy edge of his shield into this guy's face for the remainder of the fight. Save he doesn't Catelyn's move life. save Catelyn's life, his captor's life. He, and he just destroys <laughs> like 30 times. 30 times, yeah. He just doesn't stop. Over everybody else is still fighting. There's still more people to die. Someone come up behind him, but he doesn't care. He's just like, yeah. ah. like everyone else is done. And, yeah, still, yeah. and then they just walk up behind him. He's still going. They could have put they could have put a graphic down 20 minutes later and she's still just going and banging the shit out of that thing. It was like a it was like a family guy joke, like help, grabbing the knee. <laughs> <laughs> ah, ah. <laughs> so long over ah. a couple couple of couple of comments here uh ren renwood awesome information i was curious the shield that Tyrion grabbed was house bracken interesting uh dragon says that's when you get the first time you get to see how badass brawn is 
And uh, Richie says that dude throwing rocks had some serious aim. Yeah, he did. Oh yeah, that was a and sling. Force. It was they were using slings. That was yeah. Dennis the Menace. So that was the, some uh, David Goliath uh, technology right there, using that sling. <laughs> that shit'll take you out. Hurts. Ren says, "I saw you kill a man with a shield. You'll be unstoppable with an axe." Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So another so another tribesman near in Cal, and as we said, and he's just bashed the shit out of him. And then when they're all done, Roderick kind of got a slash to the back of his shoulder, but he's in a fucking animal. He's just clawed. Him and Braun just basically take out most of the guys. And he says, "I'll be fine." Very impressive. In the zone, like they come up behind him, and he's still like, "Yeah, he's Terminatoring <laughs> out." Yeah, he's like, "Fuck these motherfuckers." He was- Cute. Like it, was like, it was almost like the 300 moment. You almost expected someone to yell like, and everybody else to like smack their shields and scream with them. Like it was just so fucking epic. Like, See, it, yeah. made, it made me think of Braveheart. He looked like a Scottishman. Oh yeah. Like the, with the way he does his yeah, hair, especially. Like he should have been wearing a kilt. <laughs> so so he uh, and this is where we get our line and uh and someone said it in the chat room. This is the moment that I think Tyrion really uh not just for money, I think Braun starts to like Tyrion here because he. Yeah, t- oh yeah, especially especially uh, he's like he's like you ever you, you ever killed a man and he's like or oh, this your first kill Tyrion's yeah. like yes he goes now you need a woman yeah. he's, and he looks right over at him looks right at him and he's like well. I'm game if she is. Yeah. I, the, the, the line is just so we get. I'm down. Yeah, the the line just to get it correct is well, I'm willing if she is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's it's hilarious. It's, oh, great. Bron chuckles and then they move on and they all mount up and pretty much they go on their way. <laughs> okay, let's... it's interesting to note that at this point out, he's not bound anymore. Nope, no, and... they don't bind him back up. Because he could have run if he wanted to, and Catelyn knows that. He could have run. They would, but they, he he knows too, and I'm sure it's not hard to figure out if he did run, they'd have caught him. Yeah, well, he just proved his earlier point too. It's the hill people don't get me something. Uh, right. Well. <laughs> exactly. Now, maybe not the shadow cat, but it's a uh, big big Kev. I I, I that's a weird. Weird thing, Big Kev's saying for some reason he can never post in chat and watch the show. He always has to post questions and like log out. It's that's fucked up shit, man. I'm gonna I'm gonna look into it ne- over between now and the next show. See if we can figure out how to get you into the live chat because that's that's it's shitty that it boots you every time. So uh, but so back at Winterfell, uh, Master Lewin and I fucking love this scene. I love brand, I love these early brand scenes because this actor is just so biting and just such a little fucking like plays plays this too smart for his own good type wise that's in his interactions with master lewin these two just have a great bond together and i i I really enjoyed this scene i really enjoyed the scene i did too i mean he's acting his age he's he's hurt right now he's he can't walk he's in a a, he's pouting but he has as far as i'm concerned he has every right to pout the newly crippled boy you know, and his mom left. And his mom just took hell? off. His dad left. You know, he woke up watching his dad leave. He woke up crippled, and his dad never came back. Yep. And like, really, the the king, the king Robert wasn't like, "Oh, you have tragedy here. Why don't you stay here for a, a couple of months, <laughs> and then when he's when he's better, come come down to King's Landing and start being my hand." Yeah, Robert. Ro- pick an interim. I see that this is a bad time. No. Yeah, Robert. Robert's just like, come on. Yeah, Robert. Robert gives little shits. He doesn't. He doesn't care. Really, my son just got fucking. 
Yeah, no fucks. No fucks from Robert there. So back at Winterfell, Master Lewin and Bran are at a small table. Lewin's trying to teach Bran, uh, kind of just go down the, go down the, learn house words, things like that. Check out the Joe's map, figure out where everybody is. Master Lewin says, Bran, uh, we hear about the Iron Islands. We get a little bit of exposition on the Iron Li- Islands here. The sigil is a crack in their words, we don't sow, which I think are some of the stupidest words <laughs> of anyone, but it's very fitting for the Ironborn. And um, Master... Yeah, they're not farmers. They're, no, they're going to take that shit. We don't sow. Yeah, we don't sow. We're fucking... Fu- <laughs> it's not badass, but it's old is what yeah. it is. It's, yeah. it's a very old saying. Arr, arr, we don't sow, arr. <laughs> and uh, Theon, who's trying to be cocky, yeah, we're f- we're famed for our skills at archery and navigations and lovemaking. And Master Lewin goes in failed rebellions. And failed rebellions, yeah. <laughs> because let's let's talk for a second here about the Greyjoy Rebellion. It's it's the, we talked a little bit before about them about the fact that they stayed outside of the war. They and they let all the other armies kind of be be hurt by the big by the big revolution, by Robert's rebellion. And then they waited till afterwards, till Robert was king, felt he didn't have a good hold on the th- on the throne. And now we're going to start our little fight. Ha 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 ha, while well, you guys are all weak. And then everybody just joined together for one big badass, like, let's get the team back together and go and went and wiped the fucking floor with the Ironborn, even in their strong places. Like Stannis kicked their ass at sea. It, it was just a bit, and Barristan led some missions on sea as well. It was just like a whole big, like a big ass rape of the of the of the Greyjoys, basically yeah is that, is that about that, that's the, sh- the short story of the uh of the Greyjoy <laughs> rebellion did, is ass rape for the Greyjoys down the coast but you know they, they for the most part they were bzz, very bzz. prepared for what they were doing they had yeah. no follow-through and no exit strategy yep yeah F- family duty honor is that the right order family <laughs> first <laughs> Then why did my mommy leave? My <laughs> family. Where is she? Where is she? And it's it's face it's it's good to point out that, or we should point out that he's kind of playing the game. He is digging the shit out of the table the whole time with a little. Uh, is it a fish pendant? Is that what he's? It's a tully pin. A tully pin. Ren, is it, Renwood says. Yeah, a tully pin. Oh, th- thank you, Ren. It, yeah, ripping it up with a uh, tully pin. And. Uh, and right when they mention, when Lewin men- mentions the Lannisters, he says, a Lannister always pays his debts. And he goes, no, a common saying, but that's not their motto. And that sets Bran off. So he might not remember anything, but it's definitely something's in there. And uh, we're still on words. I don't know them. And he says a couple of the words, unbowed, unbent, unbroken. That's House Martell. Righteous in wrath. That's House, house Hornwood. Family, duty, honor. Yep, those are the words. Yeah. Are we playing some sort of game, Bran? And, yeah. and Bran's yes, like, we are, man. yes, we are, motherfucker. Family, duty, honor. Is that right? Is that the right order? Huh? 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 Just with this, like, such a little prick. I love it. I love Bran in this moment. He's just so, the actor's just representing how Br- how Bran must feel really well in this moment, in the frustration that a kid that is too smart for his own good must feel in that moment. Yeah. And your mother had a protect had a leave to protect Winterfell. Uh, how could she protect her family if she's not with her family? Your mother sat by her bed for weeks. I don't care. Then why the fuck did she leave? Well, when you were born, I pulled you from your mother. She really cares about you. Oh, okay. So she cares about me. Why did she leave? I can't tell you, but she she'll be home any day. Oh, do you know where she is today? No. Well, how do you know she'll be home tomorrow? Huh? <laughs> 
I, I hope she gets home soon though, because that boy needs him. He really. She, he gonna, yeah. And and it'll be such a nice reunion. It really will be. I think. I think. We, hopefully, that will happen by the end of the season. Yeah. What I'm thinking is all this is going to wrap up nice and. Well, she's about halfway there. Yeah. Or a quarter, a quarter of the way there. She set out from King's Landing, somewhere along the King's Road. She ends up taking uh, the little the Lannister, and then they take a, a bolt into the Erie, and they're they're right up in here. If they're in, in the, the mountains. Vale. <laughs> right, but they're going to the Erie, so this is all. Funny, all jo- but that one specifically is the Ren. Uh, Ren Renwood says Arya has also been known to say the same words. We do not sow. <laughs> And Freddie says the Ironborn burned the Lannister fleet, but uh, Stannis was able to get the Navy together for the most part. So, so who gives a shit? They bur- they burned some people in Stannis in uh, Lannisport, as we heard in the last episode when uh, right. T- with Tyrion and uh, and yeah, like Theon. Said, they were do some damage up and down the coast, some good damage, but that's about all they managed to really do. Yeah. So Master Lewin. Uh, so then he goes. Bran kind of just keeps going uh, and about this, but then he changes the subject and he looks at Theon shooting an arrow and and he says, uh, oh, "Well, I'll never fire an arrow again." And Master Lewin goes, "Where is that written? You need I need legs to make a bow work." And he says, "No." And it's, this is the first time in this moment that it's not anger; it's feeling sorry for himself. And Lewin does what he's supposed to do, and he's just he's just perfect in this role. And, and you can tell he just loves Bran and loves all these kids so much. And, and he. he- Here's the thing too, like this whole like wait till your saddle gets built shit. I I don't understand. Throw him on a chair sideways and start teaching him now. Yeah, yeah. And, and a little boy on a bench. And you figure they will. They're, they're sitting down. They say again. I I was said that you figure that they probably will. It, it's just basically him trying to get him. Uh, cheer up here, kid. Cheer up here. You know. <laughs> Great way to cheer him up, don't you think? Putting a bow in his hand. Yeah, I mean, he could do it in a chair, just sitting, just sitting bow legged in a chair, or or on top of a hodor. Right, you know. Learn how to shoot arrows on while mounted hodor. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take hodor form. So here we go into uh, exposition sex scene number one of the episode to Theon's quarters while he's uh, giving it to Roz from behind. Oh, check out our our Roz interview if you haven't somewhere in the channel. Oh Not yes, the yeah, but the uh, the uh, the press conference thing. The press conference. Where right? where where I believe Joe asked her about this scene. Was it this scene you asked her about? You were very specific about her nudity in one in one of your questions. Was I? I don't even remember. I'd have to watch <laughs> okay. the video again. We will. So you guys will have to check out that video. I'll try to put the link in in the this description to that video to make it easier. So uh, the. Theon says, "Keep it down. You're not supposed to be here." They they break or finish or whatever. We get Theon Dick, who she would have wanted to have a scene with or something like that. I don't I don't remember. I, I yeah, we'd have to we'd have to watch back. So uh, they they break and we get a little shot of Theon's uh, Theon's dick, and we also learn that Theon uh, needs to feel better than someone. Like we didn't know it already, but we're getting more of a vibe that he always needs to. When he feels like he's in a slightly different, higher plane of life or higher lot in life than someone, he really likes to show off his power. Any opportunity to have power or to show power over somebody. And I don't know. This kid needs a hug. But he's jealous, and it goes into a whole conversation about uh, about having sex with Tyrion and, and what's it like to have sex with a dwarf. And uh, she goes into him being good with his fingers and his tongue. And uh, 
and ultimately it just gets to be a little bit more exposition about the uh gray joys we've been lords of the iron islands for 300 years there's not a family in westeros that can look down on us not even the lannisters and and we also hear a little bit more about about how he thinks of or he refers to the Starks as uh, the as lords. He gives them the lords respect. He doesn't treat himself like a ward. He treats himself like a member of the house. Right. Which is uh, which Ross says a a ward. That's a nice word for it. Your father rebelled against the king, Robert, and oh, she, she gets him good. She yeah. burns him. Yeah, and if he does it again, he'll die. And Theon grabs her neck from behind. And my father fought for the freedom of his people. What, what did your father do? Uh, fucked a cook and and raised a whore <laughs> and it's it's basically just to show that the iron ball iron barn aren't going to really give up and they're just a bunch of really angry uptight motherfuckers so it's just it's it's a good a, a backstory sex scene whereas we're treading lightly over this and uh, another game of thrones character that's good with his tongue <laughs> oh yeah that would uh, bother Cat more than the dire wolves. <laughs> uh, the noises from the stables would be too funny. Theon gave her the business. <laughs> on top of Hodor, on top, they've got a stable full of Hodors. Oh, yeah. If, if Catelyn were around, uh, Theon would be in big trouble for this. This would never happen. Yeah, the, he, which is probably why he's, uh, he's being extra. to do it is because while the, while the you know, the parents went away on a week's vacation, you know. I think I'll find the keys to the brand new Porsche. <laughs> Should he ride? No, of course not. Let's take it for a little <laughs> spin. Yeah, end scene. So another, so another backstory sex scene. So then when uh, he tells her, she ends up ultimately being smart and just telling him what he wants to hear in this situation, and and just kind of feeding into him and being like, "You're until he until he's like." I want it for free. And she, no, dude. Yeah, you no. Don't get it for free. Then get yourself a wife, motherfucker. Dang. Right. <laughs> I hate. He just kind of storms off. He doesn't. He doesn't even pay for another go around. Uh, Vaughn says, "Just about everybody hates. Uh, everyone burns Theon. Oh, poor Theon." Uh, Keto Toad says, "I hate Theon's arrogance. He needs to be brought down a peg or two. Let's. I don't yeah, know. That would be nice to see that. That happen. would be nice to see this. Uh, Dragon says, "Theon is the Meg of Westeros. <laughs> yes, he is. <laughs> Shut up, Theon. Shut up, Theon." So here we go back to the kings. In fact, I just wanted to get through that Theon scene. If you could tell, I was, we were so inspired to talk about those Theon scenes. We were like, yeah, and Theon fucks Roz, and we hear about the Ironborn. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> so, uh, so Arya's back at King's Landing, and she's running through the halls. <laughs> and uh, she's chasing a cat, and she's seen running down a hallway, and she goes, come on, Kitty, I'm not going to hurt you. And we see Ned in his chambers at his desk, and... Varys is speaking to him, walking around, securing all the windows and the doors and making sure everything's shut down before he can talk to him a little bit more serious. And we've met Varys before, but to this episode was really our introduction to the spider when it really comes down to it. We've been much more, uh, if other members of the council, we've been a little bit more in Littlefinger's perspective. So far, It's this episode was a little bit more getting to see uh, Varys and learning more about him. Yeah. So Varys says, closes all the doors, how is your son? Ned says he'll never walk again, but his mind's sound. And he says, it's a blessing. I suffered an early mutilation myself. Some uh, doors close forever as he closes the door in the most unexpected places. And he said, if the wrong ear heard what I said, I'm about to tell you. 
uh, who would mourn Ver- Varys? The North, the South, they sing songs with spiders, blah, 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 blah. So he, he just kind of talks around and he says, the king's hand, the king is a fool, yours friend, but I know you're not a fool and we're all doomed unless you save the king. And he says, I've been in the capital a month. Why have you waited so long to tell me this? And he said, I didn't trust you. But why do you trust me now? And he said, the queen's not the only one that's watching you. There's few men in the capital that have as much honor as you. You seem to be one of them. And I'm another one, as strange as it seems. And Ned, who's not really believing this whole thing, but kind of just letting the spider spin his tail, says, what sort of doom does the king face? And Varys says, the same sort that John Aaron. And he mentions specifically his attention a little bit. It does. His head peeks up and he says, The tears of Liss. Tears of Lease. Of Lease, they call it. Liss. Tears of Liss. Liss is um Is it on this map? The Tears of Liss, Joe is looking for. And this is a they call it it's a as Joe looks for it, a a rare costly thing. It's tasteless as water, it leaves no trace. It's kinda like Ryzen. And Ned gets up, now he's believing it. And uh, and he goes, who gave it to him? And he goes, a dear friend, no doubt, but which one? There are many, many. He implies that maybe it was the boy, the kid that Ned was investigating, that got got all the armor and everything, that he got. He owed everything he had to John Aaron and the squire, Sir Hugh. And Varys says, pity what happened to him just when his life seemed to be going nicely. I love the way he just, he never actually says anything, but he implies it. What do you think of Varys? Are you a fan of, uh, of Varys, Joe? Uh, okay, as, okay, let me start with the actor. <sighs> Guy's absolutely fucking amazing. I can't speak highly enough, again, of the casting done by, <laughs> by the producers and the directors. And this guy, I, I'm not going to look up his name, but. He's really good at what he does. I love the character of Varys. I love the way it was written in the books. I love the way he portrays the character in this story, uh, this adaptation. I love him. I love the way he speaks. I love, I love the especially all the scenes that he, this the scene coming up with uh, little Peter fin- yeah with Littlefinger yeah. Wow, yeah. that's such great the back and forth they have with each other. He speaks he he speaks poetically. And I really like it. it he, I like the way he delivers his lines. I like his expressions. And it's, and it's almost in code. Here we go. Sorry, Joe. Speak. Ah, <laughs> uh, go. Ah, uh. here we go. That's this right here. Tears of List. This is the island of List. Some sort of poison that's from around here. From that area right there. Like a little tea. It points up too. Got a little sack and a little whoop. Ghetto Toad says Varys is a very comical character. He really is. There's just so much. He's so good at playing the deadpan and saying things in that in that way that he says things and the way that he implies things without actually saying it. He is he's one of my favorite characters in the entire Game of Thrones series. And another one of the characters that I feel has expanded so much in the show because we don't really get into their into his head in the book. Or all Littlefinger, for that matter. So seeing them p- be portrayed in different ways on the show, and actually get being able to visually get inside their head a little bit more f- from the intentions that the actors are putting into it, and I think it's, especially with Varys, he just it adds so much. And I see what. Uh, sorry, about to talk about season five for a second. I yeah, s- no, no, uh, it's it's great because Varys is the only other character. There's three characters in my mind in this show that are highly intelligent 
playing on a level far above everybody else. That's Stan- Stannis. Um, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm sorry. <laughs> Tyrion, Varys, and Tywin, which is Tyrion's father, and we haven't met him yet. But when we do meet him, we we you understand exactly why the Lannisters are the way they are and feared the way they're feared as rich as people say and yep. you really get a, a feel for that family through the father he absolutely absolutely and and through this kids as well but specifically from his father because the, their family is all about their father he basically created the modern or the modern westeros version of their family is is tywin Yep. So, so uh, Dra- Varys says, Dragon is, oh, yeah, we already said that Varys is a very comical character. Dragon says, didn't understand Varys's intentions at first. And I don't think Ned does either. I think that part of that is because we are supposed to, it, it makes a little bit more sense later when we see that him and Littlefinger have a game of chess going on that, of some sort. That we, that Ned is inside Littlefinger's ear. And up until this point, we've only been in, inside Littlefinger. So, so. Tonight we're really starting to un- try to figure out what the what the fuck's going on with Varys. What's really going on going on inside there? Uh, for your information, the effects of the poison cause a sickness in the bowels and belly, eating away at them. Interesting. And that's from Westeros.org. Uh, Renrunner says, "Poor Liza, living with that." <laughs> and Tim says. Uh, okay, Joe, just change things for every show because it was the Walking De- uh, Dead comics and now he has Game of Thrones map. Yeah, so yeah, yes, yes, he does. He's uh, Joe keeps us, keeps us, uh, keeps great backgrounds and gives us a, ge- a Westeros geography lesson, uh, Joe and Katie give us over there at, at uh, Joe Studio. You're muted right now, Joe, for whatever reason, if you know. Oh, does that make me a corny nerd? No, oh, no. A little nerdy? No, no, it makes you, it makes you prepared, Joe. It makes you prepared. And so, so Varys pity what happened to him. His life seemed to be going good. Uh, Stark says John was a man of peace. He was the hand for seventeen years. Why kill him? And Varys says the important thing out of this scene: he was asking questions. So we shift to a dark dungeon in King's Landing. I love this moment uh, be- because it's one of the few times we get to see this, and it also answers something. That we talk, we're talking about last episode when Viserys was talking about wondering about some of the dragons' heads, and I believe this is a Jostras point that you wanted to talk about something to do with the dragon heads in this moment. I, th- I think, but may- maybe you see if it spur- if it triggers anything. If not, uh, forget I said anything. So we shift. Well, you you just this is the first time in in the series that it's no longer just stories of dragons. Uh, yes, we heard Viserys say he saw them. They were in the throne room. We've heard other people talk about them. They're all about the stories are all about him. It's only, but it's been 300 years since the last one died. No one has seen. I think it's 300 years. Nobody has seen a dragon that's living right now on the earth. So this is the first time we, as an audience, get to see that there were actually at least creatures that belonged to these skulls at some point. 
Yep. No, absolutely. Good. Good. Very good point. And uh, get into it says we're all nerds. I mean, obviously, we're here on a uh, Tuesday evening at, at almost midnight on the East Coast talking about uh, a Game of Thrones episode that was on how many years ago? And, like it was brand new. So, yeah, I think we're all uh, loving every single fucking second of it. So. So, yeah, I think I think it's and proud of it. Yeah. And I'm wearing splinters coming here. I mean, come on. <laughs> come on. So, uh, <laughs> knife to the back of the head <laughs> Joe so, yep drink uh, Dragon says I agree keep doing your thing Joe and uh, so we shift to this dark dungeon at King's Landing Arya's chasing the cat she stops to admire a huge and I mean a fucking huge dragon skull this thing's as big as I don't even know how to compare it to but it's 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 fucking huge it's the size of an elephant just the head I got my Game of Thrones beer too Oh, how is it? Does it taste good? I haven't. No, I'm. I'm waiting for a special occasion. The premiere. First episode. First episode this season. <laughs> I'm gonna drink it on air with with you. And Katie and I are gonna share a glass while we're uh talking about the. I'll let you know how. All know how it is then. Excellent, excellent. So, uh, so yeah, I would say the size of this head is like almost the size of an elephant or something. Just the size of the head of this fucking dragon. So she hears two men talking, and she hides from them just an earshot. And the two men are Varys and Ilario, the dude that was protecting uh, Daenerys and Viserys that we met in the first couple, in the first episode that that was protecting them for a while. And we hear Varys say, "He found one bastard already. He has the book. The rest will come." Ilario says. Uh, and he knows the truth. What will he do? Then Varys says, the gods alone know. The fools try to kill his son. What's worse, they botched it. The wolf and the lion will be at each other's throats. We will be at war soon, my friend. And he says, I love it because we've seen this character before that he's with. You get a glimpse of him just enough to see that it's the magistrate from Pentos right here. And he's traveled across to King's Landing for this. For this meeting in the dungeon basement yeah. of the castle yeah. at King's Landing. It's kind of a strange place to be having this conversation, if you ask me. There could be so many people around to be meeting in such a, you know, coming out of whatever tunnel you're coming out of with this guy would look a little strange. This guy wandering around in these weird places would look a little, it just seemed like a little a strange place for that conversation to be going on. Yeah. And I, again, I can't stress how much I loved those dragons. And yeah, I think. Uh, I, as Ren points out that I was talking about the size of the dragon heads and it's huge. It's, it's taller than Arya. It's, it's at least a couple of feet over Arya's head. And if this is where they put all the dragon heads, there's even some small ones yeah. that are like the size of baseballs, which is the last ones that were born that, uh, Viserys was talking about no bigger than like a poodle or something like that. And uh, Ilario says, what good is war now? We're not ready if one hand can die. And that's what uh, Dragon was saying, too. If one hand can die, why not a second? Varys says, this hand is not the other. This hand yeah. is not the other. Yeah, this hand, I think, is probably not as street smart as the other. So you would say that Jon Arryn was more, was more street smart than Ned Stark? I gotta say, he, he spent at least the last 18 years as the Hand of the King in King's Landing. Uh, Ned was Ned and Robert were both raised essentially in the Vale by John Aaron. He did marry Goofy Goofballs, though. Uh, he had to have a child, and he hadn't had a wife, 
and it was a marriage born to help the rebellion to kind of seal, yes absolutely yeah uh, you're absolutely right in on the rebellion against the mad king yeah it was it was in the same breath that ned ned's was having to complete his brother's vow and marry marry catlin it was all in the same fail fell right. swoop both the daughters got married off to other to other to lords to, to other lords yeah. And that kind of forced uh, the Lord of Riveron, Catelyn, and, and Lisa's father to be on Robert's side in that whole rebellion. So, so, uh, so Varys says, continues, or they continue. We need time. Uh, we'll not make this move. Drogo will not make this move until his son is born. You know these savages. Varys says, delay, you say, move fast. I reply, this is no longer a game for two players. And Ilario says, it never was. I just wanted to make sure all those lines got heard. As the two men leave, the... Uh, the and, and that is so, like, so is Viserys, does he want the Dothraki horde to invade? Is that? I don't, I don't know, that? dude. Well, I don't know what's going on with these two. It's pretty because I was pretty believing that he was in it for the realm, and now I'm like, oh wow, now he wants this horde to invade. But he's telling Ned he wants the king to live. Did like, what is this guy's fucking play? Did Varys kill John Aaron, and he's just covering it all? Is he really to blame for all of this? And I don't know. Maybe he's. I mean, <laughs> it, you definitely get the feeling like whatever it is, uh Things are moving a little too fast for him. Yeah, yeah. At the moment, everything's not quite ready yet because of what the magistrate says about the Dothraki won't go until the kid is born, or something like that. Right? They say that, right? Yeah, absolutely. He does say that. So, Valerian the Dr Dread was so big that he could swallow our whole horse. Fucking yeah. a. Uh, yeah, dragon says smaller, probably because they just keep inbreeding the dragons. There weren't a lot of them. And just like the Targaryens, they're, you know, until the line eventually is just so corrupt from all the inbreeding that you get the Mad King. Uh, Ned, Dragon says Ned was never a political person. John Aaron was. So, yeah, John Aaron understood the game a little bit, a little bit better. But who do you think they consider more expendable when it really comes down to it? And I guess I guess John Aaron because because uh, uh, Ned is more of a friend to Robert. When it comes down to it. So uh, the two men leave Varys. Law. And to answer your question about a place to have this meeting, you talked about this in the first one of the first episodes, I believe. This was one of our only opportunities to really also, speaking of size, to, to expand and understand how big the dungeons in the below area is below King's Landing. It's a ve it's a very vast area in the, in the castle, and a lot of times on the show we are, we spend a lot of time in the throne rooms or in the Tower of the Hand, but the dungeons and the areas where Arya is running around, where the these dragon skulls are, is it goes pretty fucking deep. And yeah, it's it, it, a huge place. It's so huge it might not be the worst place for a clandestine meeting when Varys works there to find some weird random place that's connected to a, a body of water that Ilario can escape easily and get in and out of easily. I mean, who so knows? She just followed the, them out or I thought I figured she had just like kept wandering until she eventually got out. Right. She, she ended up, she just wandered deeper and deeper after they disappeared. She kept going deeper and deeper in the dungeon and and this I what I wrote is this the first time we really feel the size of King Landing dungeons and she just keeps walking and then we get Varys entering the throne room 
where Peter Baelish is standing there looking at the throne, and it's time for some verbal chess between the two of them. It's just three quick, uh, very scenes that are just all three of them are really good scenes. Yeah, th- this being this being probably my favorite of them. And you love Arya just being in that place and time, you know, chasing after cats, totally lost. She missed the tournament because she was, you know, lost trying to – she, as much as she loves to watch these tournaments, she would rather be able to fight in them someday and know what she's doing than to go sit and watch uh, in the audience. So she's lost chasing the cats like her dance master has told her to do. You can catch cats. You'll be quick enough. you got to always stay quick. And this is, speaking, this is ultimately a tournament or like the final battle of a tournament, listening to the two of these guys just spar back and forth. No one, no two people on Earth or in the universe of Westeros can say nothing but say everything at the same time. And these two, oh, when was the last time I saw you? Oh, when was the last time I saw you? You move quietly. Well, we do have qualities. You look a bit lonely today. You should pay a visit to my brothel. Uh, and then they start talking about, uh, oh, uh, I've always wondered, do you like boys? Do you like girls? What's going on down there? And, and oh, why are you thinking of down there? I, I mean, I could write, read every line back and forth they have, but they just yeah. they just go back and forth. And ultimately, it's a little barbs and wordplay. They play on each other's words very well with how they interact with yeah. each other. It's very again, and the uh, you see how Ned talks, and I love how they sandwich these scenes so close to each other. Because you see how Ned talks with with Varys, and Varys is very poetic with his words, and Ned's just like uh, like a caveman with everything he has to say or wants to say almost. Then he has this exchange, brief exchange with the magistrate, and it's still Varys is very poetic, kind of, and the magistrate is not quite caveman, but succinct with what he has to say and straightforward. And then you have this back and forth with Peter Baelish and they are both just as poetic with their fucking insults and quips back and forth. It's really done very well. It shows how varies is able is this just stalwart of uh, like almost culture or whatever. It's really a great, character point for him to to see that Vaughn says Ned is more suited to keeping guys like the Boltons in check not dealing with people like this absolutely (laughs) the Boltons they they're from uh the north and it's a small house their sigil is the flayed man we'll get we'll see them yeah we'll we'll talk about them later so Varys says I thought I uh, supposed to I thought thought beauty is subjective no is that true I hear this guy likes amputees Oh, yes, and amputees, they like a full purse. Uh, oh, I hear this guy likes fresh cadavers. Must be enormously difficult to, to find beautiful corpses. They rot. Strictly speaking, such a thing would not be in accordance with the king's long. Strictly speaking. I just love I love how Varys just cuts the shit at a couple of times and goes, Littlefinger, shut the fuck up. I'm, I'm done with your bullshit. Yeah. Tell me, does somewhere and somewhere, and, and he kind of walks away. And Baelish well, well, just... first, Varys drops a threat. Like, uh, oh, I'm sure some people would like be very interested in to know, you know, just what you're doing with right. forgetting the exact threat. And he starts to walk away. Peter Baelish kind of calls him back and is like, oh, yeah, I know about your meeting five minutes ago. Before five bef- minutes ago, you little bitch. But he doesn't necessarily say it like that. He, he stops him by saying, tell me, does someone somewhere keep your balls in a little box? I've always wondered that. 
And in various as close as we were, I have no idea where they are yeah, now. Yeah. Imagine that. Yeah. <laughs> and then and then he gets into the whole thing. How have you been since the last time we saw each other? Since you let it's so Shakespearean here. Since you last saw me, or since I last saw you? No, the last time I saw you, you were talking yeah. to the hand of the king. Saw me with your own eyes, eyes I own. Saw me with eyes I own. I yeah. love it. It's so. It's. I love how they do this back and forth. Yeah, it's, it's beautiful. So brilliant. Council business, we have a lot to do. Everyone's well aware of your enduring fondness for Lord Stark's wife. If the Lannisters were behind the attempt and the Starks, boy, blah, blah, blah. And uh, one simple word, to, and this is where Varys threatens him. He goes, one simple right. word to the queen about knowing that Okay, let me read this. If the Lannisters were behind the attempt on the Starks boys' life and it was discovered that you helped the Starks come to a conclusion, to think. One simple word to the queen. And Baelish says, one shudders the thought. <laughs> Just the way he says it. Because he, yep. he has, as you said, he has ammo he in has his gun. Well. And he goes, but you know something. I do believe I've seen you even more recently than you've seen me. Have you? Earlier today, I distinctly recall seeing you talking to Lord Stark in his chambers. And Varys goes, was that you under the bed? <laughs> Not that long ago, I saw you escorting a certain foreign dignitary. And right when he says that, Varys's face turns from jo jovial battling with my friend to, holy shit, he does have me. Yeah, it does. There's a, a big difference in his affect. And they both know that they both have each other, essentially. Yeah. And it's essentially a a cold war of sorts, uh, like yep. a Russian-United States cold war of sorts, where they both have the nuclear bom bombs to destroy each other, but neither one of them yeah. will actually go through it. I'm sorry, Phil. I like Ghetto Tobe's analogy better. What's... It's like watching, watching Varys and Littlefingers, like watching Magneto and Dr. Xavier going at it with playing chess. A billion times better than what I said. Yes. <laughs> In season one... <laughs> sorry, I was thinking of Ivan Drago and Rocky. Someone was making. There you go. That's better, Phil. Thank that's you. Better. That's better. I'm sorry. Thank you. That's what, what I meant. On, is it is doesn't isn't the whole Cold War summed up in Rocky Four? Come on. Yes, it is. So Dra Dragon says that's where it was solved, isn't it? Didn't they tear down the wall? Yeah, after, like the day after that movie aired. I, if I can change, you can change. We maybe uh, I can change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> In season one, we think it's the Lannisters versus the Starks, but this isn't a sp uh, whatever. It, it's ultimately a big carrying point of the series is Varys versus Littlefinger. That's a lot. Uh, oh, welcome from Australia. Welcome from Australia. Just wanted to say I love I love your reviews. Awesome, dude. Keep up the good work. We will and keep on checking back in and uh, keeping sharing your thoughts about the episodes. Thank you so much for uh, for checking us out from Australia. Holy shit! What time is it in Australia? That's my only question for you. What time is it in Australia? Just out of curiosity. It's like it's like twelve noon. So oh, crazy. So uh, so it, so then he goes console business. Of course, you would have had friends across the narrow sea. That's where you're from, after all. We're friends, aren't we, Lord Varys? I'd like to think so. So can you imagine my burden, wondering if the king might question my friend's sympathies? To stand at a crossroads where turning left means loyalty of friend, turning right, and then he just keeps going at it just to let Varys know who he's fucking with, that you're fucking with someone that has enough ammo in this moment to be able to, as we just said, uh, put him in checkmate if he wants to put him in checkmate. So Varys just says, oh, please, like, cut the fucking shit. And Baelish, and this is where Renly enters, and he says, what are you two conspiring about? Because he can totally read the situation. Whatever it is, you better hurry up. My brother's coming to a small council meeting. 
disturbing news from far away, Vera says, and they, and we exit off to them. So it's it, so, and that's the end of our Varys and our little finger stuff. We'll definitely have to keep an eye on those two as time goes on. I was close, three p.m. Yeah, t- it's still Tuesday here, so I was right about tomorrow afternoon. But it's actually, yeah, afternoon. It's three p.m. tomorrow. It's still Tuesday here in Boston. So, oh, so it's so it's almost time. So it's almost time for a beer. It's almost five o'clock. So. It's three o'clock, so it's like so. Yeah, that's that's time for a beer. That's time for a beer. I was close to slow going on. You say you win the prices, right? Ding 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 ding. ding. <laughs> that's really what it's about. It's funny how certain things just become the norm of society because the Price is Right. It's always that. No, you can't go over. Can't go over. If you go over, I don't. Go over. Price is Right said it, man. Price is Right said it. Rules. Yeah, it's like it's like. Oh, that's amazing. So so Arya exits the tunnel eventually outside of King's Landing at the beach of what. It's the Blackwater Bay that she comes out on. And we get a cool visual of King's Landing from outside the wall. We see some, some of the, uh, the local city folk. And ju- it's, just a, it's a cool visual of the outside of uh, King's Landing. <clears throat> oh, wow. Ghetto Toads in England. It's 4 a.m. In, in England. Wow. We're, we're all over the place, all over the map. Thank you guys for joining us from all over the world. Oh, I shouldn't correct Joe, or it might just be a knife to the back of the head for me. <laughs> no, I'm in. I'm in the family. I'm in the. I'm in the De Niro circle. I'm in the. I'm in the circle of trust. So, no, I, no, no, no. I am benevolent like Rick. <laughs> from my troops. So, so trees with what you're already <laughs> thinking. Road, <laughs> <Bro>, sweetheart. <laughs> so this is She's a. Re- actually- brains behind the operation so if you end up with a knife behind the back of the head it's actually her fault not mine <laughs> 12 a.m in the bronx here in the uh dragons from the same uh, time zone as us here and we're from uh Bo- boston folk over here uh ren says robert has only attended about three meetings in 17 years holy shit holy shit so- Dragon, I want you to sum up in chat why it's the bronx not just bronx if it's not the manhattan the brooklyn the rest of the boroughs so so we go on we move we move on here so Arya heads to the city gate but she's stopped by two guards and uh and one of the guards is like off with you no begging and she goes i'm not a beggar i live here and the guard's like uh, do you want to smack of the air with the help with your hair and she goes i want to see my father and he one of the guard goes well i want to fuck the queen all good that does me and you want your father, boy? I'm not a boy. I'm a girl. My father's my father's the hand of the king. I'm Arya Stark of Winterfell, and if you hit, lay a hand on me, my father will have both of you head both of your heads on spikes. She's learning. Yeah. Yeah, no, and, and, and so unless you want me to wrap you upside your ear, yeah. go get my fucking daddy. Yeah. This was hilarious. Game of Thrones knows how to be funny when it's funny too. It quickly oh, cuts it, to Arya. It's really, yeah, it's really awesome too because this is a girl who spent. God knows frickin' how long trying to get out of that maze of a dungeon. Emerges through the sewer that empties out on the beach. Seems a little, uh, a little like security is a little lax. Some people might be able to find their way up into the castle that way and rob the place. Well, but... they do padlock that uh, gate. Yeah, <laughs> they lock up that gate. Like, I, I don't, it was just a little strange to me. Like, 
oh, you won't let me through this gate. Well, I'll just come, go back through the tunnel I just came out of, you know? <laughs> and she just, she's not having any crap from him, just straight yeah. up, yo, I'm a fucking lady. I'm not even a girl. I'm a lady, yo, and you will do what I tell you to do. Yeah, as Dra as Dragon says, love how Arya gives the gold cloaks the what for. Yeah, she, she's just like, I'm not taking your fucking shit. No, 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 motherfucker. Yep. And uh, yes, Samir said at 4 a.m., that's dedication, Ghetto Toad. And yes, thank you, Ghetto Toad, for staying up late, checking us out. 4 a.m. Holy shit. Yeah, thank you, Ghetto. Dude, thank you. So they. Go, go Ghetto Toad. So quick cut to Arya standing in front of Ned's desk. It was a real funny quick cut to, to the, her at the principal's office, essentially. <clears throat> and Ned Stark's like, you know, I had half my guard out searching for you. You promised me this would stop. And she gets right to it. She says, they said they were going to kill you. And he's just not believing. He's like, who said? She said, I didn't see them, but I think one was fat. <laughs> She's so fucking cute. Yep, yep. Oh, Arya, I wrote. And Arya said, I'm not lying. They said that you found the bastard and the wolves are fighting lions and the savage, something about the savage. And, and right that gets his attention yep. immediately. When she says the wolves are fighting lions and she repeats the line and the savages are going to cross the sea when her baby's born or something like that. When she yeah. repeats that. And it echoes true to what 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 gets what he knows to be, you know, he's the wolf, they're the lions, yeah. the shit going down, and like that worries him. Yeah, because he... just at that moment, my favorite, one of my favorite characters of the books and of the series shows up. Uh, Castle, Jory Castle, Yorn, Yorn, Yorn of the Black. Uh, oh yeah, Yorn of the Black. Yeah, he does. I, he does show up here. The Night's Watch. Uh, so Stark says, "Where'd you hear this? In the dungeons near the drunk dragon skulls. What were you doing in the skulls? Chasing a cat. Right there, the door knock. Someone knocks on the door. It's Jory. Pokes his head and says, "Pardon me, Lord. There's a Night's Watchman here, and uh, your friend." And Yorn says, "If you please, this must be your son." And to, uh, to Arya, and Arya goes, "I'm a girl." <laughs> And Stark immediately thinks, Ned immediately thinks, did Benjen send you? So it thinks, it thinks that his, uh, his brother must have sent. sent and he uh, says, no, and what you need to know is that Benjen is a brother to me because he, he bleeds black. He is a crow to the heart. He, he's, that makes him as much a brother to me as he is to you. And that being said, that kind of makes me your brother. So I rode here as fast as I can. Because he was at the, uh, he was there with Tyrion. He was riding with Tyrion when Catelyn takes Tyrion. Absolutely. Yep. He let Tyrion left the wall with this guy to ride south. He played, he played Tyrion. He allowed Tyrion to feel comfortable around him and set, set him up in that situation because he, he, his brother is Ned's brother. He's a, he's a man of the North when it comes down to it. Uh, here we go, Joe, and answer to your question. Uh, an ongoing issue and debate among New Yorkers that never gets resolved. So far, we've come up with just because it sounds better. But, <laughs> but, 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 but by the way, Joe, if you're going to do it right, it's, it's Dove Bronx. It's Dove Bronx. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Ghetto Toad says, Aria, be like, do you know who my dad is? Bitch. <laughs> he did, she totally could have done the Jesse Pinkman bitch. And uh, uh, Tim says, man, I wish I was cool, but it's nine o'clock here in Washington State. Oh, but you're you're in awesome, beautiful Washington State out there. I love fucking Washington State. That place is really beautiful stuff out there. Uh, Washington State, Montana, that that whole uh, that whole area. I love it. 
Uh, so, so Edad Stark says that Benjen send you, and he says, "No one sent me, my lord. I'm here to find men on the wall to see if there's any scum in the dungeon that might be fit for service." But, oh yeah, we got we got plenty for you. But thank you, my lord. That's not why I disturb you now. Your brother Benjen, his blood runs black, makes me. It makes him as much my br- brother or it makes you as much my brother as he is. And for his sake, I rode here tonight so hard I damn near killed my horse. There's other riders too, and the whole city's going to know tomorrow. Know what? Best said in private. So Yorin goes out and... Uh, he, like, he like steps to the side so that Arya and Jory can be let out of the room. Yep, and Jory leaves and Arya says, says to him, how many guards do my father have in King's Landing? Jory says 50. And did, but did Ned also just lose a few guards too when he when he gave some to the uh, in the last episode he gave up what was it twenty five of his own housemen to uh, to protect the city gates for the uh, during yeah, during the tournament still hit, like they're in the city looking for Arya it's still his guards okay and uh, and uh, that's the way I kind of took it you know like they're still men from the north right but they're so not like, okay I'll uh, they're not right there guarding him though right. But they're still going to be out looking, you know, when I come up and find you who's working as a Night's Watch, I say, keep your eye out for the little wolf. <laughs> so, here, so here in King's Landing, she said, they said 50. So Arya said you wouldn't let anyone kill him, would you? And, and uh, Jory says no fear of that. So Ned and Yorin are now alone in Ned's chamber. And, start, and Ned says, well, well, and Yorin says, it's about your wife, my lord. She's taking the imp. And the music just changes. Tim says, thank you for the lie, but we all know it's just a wide spot in the road. <laughs> well, well, I, I enjoyed it. My stopover and my cross country trip when I, when I made a stop in that area. So, uh, so Catelyn and Tyrion and their, uh, and their men arrive at the Vale, and they're met by a group of guards that says, uh, you're, not, you're a long way from home. To whom do I speak? And it's uh, some Knight of the Vale, and he says it. And, and he just has this look on his face. It's a very interesting scene because she's, she goes, I'm going to see my sister. My sister's going to decide. And, and he's basically saying, yep, that's what's happening, and you really have no choice of the matter. It, it, he's, he's basically just, do you really know what you're getting yourself in, in for? He j- he's just giving her this look. Like, uh, you shouldn't have come here. This is, this is a bad situation. And, uh, yeah, and it is. So, so the guards, uh, turn their horses and they start escorting Catelyn and their men towards the Eyrie. And, uh, we, we get a funny line where, uh, Tyrion says the Eyrie that they say it's impregnable. And Bronn says, yep, give me 10 good men and some climbing spikes. I'll impregnate the bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Ooh. And you hear Tyrion, and it like pans out, so you just see the whole group. But you hear Tyrion's voice go, "I think I like." Him. I like him. I like him. I think I'll keep this one. <laughs> uh, Ren says he gave twenty of his personal guard to the city watch during the tournament. Anthony, thank you, my friend. Thank you. Uh, so Ned's walking through the, uh, and the, I wrote the bromance begins and excellent visuals as they're walking up to the Eyrie. Like the Eyrie's beautiful. And you see why they think it's impregnable because it can only be bridged by a very small uh, roadway that's easy to defend or easier to defend. Right. So Ned's walking through the courtyard at King's Landing, heading to Robert's chambers. He's stopped by a royal steward. Ned's on edge right now. Like, he's like, looking around, thinking everybody must know about what uh, Catelyn did right now. 
and and he's just waiting for a response waiting for the inevitable response that is waiting for him at the end of this episode it's it's like the the uh grover that uh early kids book the grover book there's a monster at the end of the story ned's got something to do at the end of this episode and he knows it's coming he knows it's coming at some point it's over any shadow it could be a horror movie that that jamie or cersei is going to jump out at any any moment specifically jamie but i mean ned Ned doesn't know Uh, cersei just for spite would be pissed off about Tyrion too but not like jamie no 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 she thinks you think she thank him project it yes but there would be no spite there would be no she might actually you know what she might i'm not sure she would even outwardly <laughs> and we don't we you know this is a little bit jumping the gun i think we've had a, a couple of little comments but we don't quite understand yet how much she really despises her youngest brother Tyrion. so it's a lot it's a lot yeah it's a lot it's a lot but but yeah, I, I think that <laughs> that's she a, would, awesome. Kid. She that's might great. she might put on a face for show, but she would be very very happy. <coughs> should should he die, you know? And she'll put on that face like nobody should have done that. He was a Lannister, but secretly but she'll be pouring glasses Lannister. of wine like woohoo. Jamie, not so much. Oh no, Jamie, she would. She would be fucking furious. Oh, no, I mean, I mean. He would be furious about it. Yeah, Jamie. Jamie his little brother. Yeah, and he is furious he about it. Six whores, didn't yeah. he? Yeah. yeah. That's brotherly love. Yeah. That was to hurry the process. That That's really still brotherly true. love. <laughs> because he didn't want to be alone. He, he wanted his brother with him at the dinner. Yes. Uh, Samir says, disappointing that the book, uh, The Veil, is more epic with the part where you had to take the donkeys and then a foot as it's so steep, which they showed how difficult on terrain it really is. So difficult and that they needed the service of the Shep- the Sherpa. Yeah. Ap- I was I was especially a little bummed um about the in the book when they yeah, when they get even what they have to do to get into the veil. Everything about it I wish they had shown us a little bit more. I mean they took the time to show us with the wall. They should have taken the time to show us with the veil because it's pretty fucking epic. Yeah, and and ultimately, I guess we have to say that's budget, but yeah, it's supposed to be pretty amazing. Yeah, but budget budgetary constraints, and I think just in general, the way that they designed the Erie on the show is very different than the the way that they designed it. Even even continuing on to the way that the Moon Door works, and and that still look for it when they get a glimpse of it. We get a glimpse of it here in this episode. It still looks pretty. I mean this. Reading the description of it in the book does, definitely does not match the description or the, the what you see in this show. But that's somebody's interpretation. Mine was completely looked completely different than that. But ultimately, it was still very beautiful. And I would love to live in that place. I'd live there. It would be, and all, yeah, I would live there. Yeah, it would be high on my Westeros places to live. So, Aside from the ruler, that's a little far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh no! Number one, first and foremost, I'm living in Dorne. Like, if I have my pick, I'm living in Dorne. I don't want no fucking winters. I don't want no snow. I want the Dorne. Yeah, you like the and you like and yeah, you like the Dorne mentality. You like you like you like what they're do, what they're doing. Down. My kind of guy. <laughs> and I like Doctor. I'm not saying I, you know, I'm saying that. I would definitely like to go to a party that that man threw. Yeah, absolutely. You're gonna have a good time. You're gonna. You're definitely gonna have a good time. 
Uh, so Ned's walking through the courtyard at King's Landing, heading to uh, Sir Robert's chambers, and the steward comes up and says, Lord Stark, your presence has been requested in a small council chamber. A meeting's been called. And Ned says, I need to see the king alone first. And Stuart says, the king is at the small council meeting. Is, my, this about, is this about my wife? And he goes, no. And the camera angle gets all, uh, it gets on a kind of like a, a, a diagonal angle for a second. Like and a Batman TV series? Like a, or more, or more, more, <laughs> more like uh, Batman Begin when uh, Ned just got sprayed with, uh, with, with fear serum from the scarecrow for a second and the camera just kind of and no my lord i believe it concerns daenerys targaryen yes that little whore across the sea i think that is the next line the whore is pregnant <laughs> you're speaking of murdering a child and robert says i warned you this would happen back in the north i warned you but you didn't care well, hear it now. I want them dead. Mother and child both. And that fool of a series, I, is that plain enough for you? I want them both dead. And Ned is just giving him the fucking beside business. Himself. He's beside himself, and I was beside myself. This is so petty. And, yeah, we see as viewers, we see exactly, we know what that plan is to cross the series has, to cross the uh, sea with the Dothraki horde. But you know what? <laughs> It does seem very – I'm with Ned. I'm on Team Ned here 100%. I'm so happy he took a stand. I'm so happy he was like, what the fuck is the matter with you, Robert? You, 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 the Robert I knew was a warrior. He wasn't scared of the armies of the Seven Kingdoms or the Mad King, nothing. You, you're cowering to a little girl in the shadow of a baby. Yeah, you want to assassinate – a baby that's born yet. You want to assassinate a girl because of a spider heard a rumor? Not a rumor. The princess is with child. Sure, Jorah Mormont, he's serving as an advisor to the Targaryens. Mormont, you bring us whispers of a fucking traitor. Mormont's a slaver, not a traitor. It's his little finger. He broke the law, betrayed, whatever. Small, small difference for a man of honor like yourself, I'm sure, but... But yes, yeah, still, still uh, words of... A, but that's that old age that even if he did... He's just a, a slaver's not a good thing, but it doesn't mean he's lying. And Baratheon says if he's right, if she has a son, a Targaryen at the head of a Dothraki army, what then? And Ned says well, the narrow sea still lies between them. I'll fear the Dothraki when they teach their horses how to run on fucking water. Right. They, they don't cross the sea. They don't, they don't cross the sea. They don't have boats. They'd have to build a freaking fleet to get them and their horse, 40,000 horses. They're going to put 40,000 horses on, on boats. That'd be something. That'd be something special to see. I'm sure. Yeah. So Let's Robert, Robert says, "Does do nothing. That's your wise advice. Nothing till our enemies are on our shore. That's my. You're my counsel. Counsel this man. Speak sense to this honorable fool." And Robert is at like 20. This whole scene, screaming every single line. He's so upset that this is taking him away from whoring and drinking. That he has to, or wait, he's still drinking. Well, Taking I love away from how he's so he's so pissed off, and then he's like, "Someone talking some sense into into him," and all four of them sitting there, they all have something to say. They're all on the king's side. Nobody will stand up and say this is a bad move. King. Yeah, yeah, and he says a couple of times to him, "Careful, Ned." When Ned says, "You're no different than the Mad King," if we just go around and and kill people and murder people like that, right? And he's in and uh. He takes a big offense to that yeah. to that line. Yeah, careful, Ned, careful. Uh, but and and it's and it's a fair line because who did who did the Mad King just kill because of perceived threats? Because anybody, they were basically, like everybody. 
people king and the king was like fuck you and killed them yep and uh careful ned careful ned uh b-track says the whore is pregnant yep absolutely ghetto toad says also looks more comfortable than the sword up your ass the, oh, the throne in the area is amazing absolutely ren renwood's with you joe hanging out in dorn i'm still in dorn so <coughs> excuse me Viserys says, I understand your misgivings, Lord Stark, I really do, but some of us, when we're in power, we have to make tough decisions, and should the gods grant Daenerys a son, the realm will bleed. Then Parizel chips in, I bear this girl no ill will, but should a Dothraki army invade, how many innocents will, will die, how many towns will they burn, isn't it not wiser, even kinder, that they should die now so thousands may live? And then Renly, who who no one's really listening to because they're all just like, fuck Renly. He hasn't fought any battles. Uh, we should have had killed them. We, <laughs> which we hear during the shave session. Which is awesome. But basically, that's if you think about it, Renly was too young, so we should have killed them years ago. Why? When you were 12, you, you thought you should have killed them? Renly, you were a kid too. Yeah. But, but whatever. And, and Baelish tops off the scene. When you find yourself in bed with an ugly woman, best close your eyes, get over with, cut her throat, be done with it. What kind of, what's he doing in sex? Just, he's, he's, have, he's killing ugly women after he has sex with them so they don't talk about it? Come on, little finger. So, uh, so just to Robert, so when he's in his face, he's like, Ed, Ed Stark is like, I followed you into. It's best to slit their throats and get on with yeah. it. Yeah, what's he doing? And Ned says, I followed you into war twice, twice without doubts, without a second thought, but I will not follow you now. The Robert I grew up with didn't tremble at the shadow of an unborn child, as Joe said. And Baratheon, uh, Robert says, she died. She dies. Uh, Joe, could you adjust me a little bit? I'm suddenly, I'm echoing a little bit. Uh, Ed Stark says, I'll have no part in it. Ro Robert, perfect. Robert says, uh, you're the king's handlord, Stark. You'll do as I command. Or find, or I'll find a king that will will do that will do what I say. And Ned removes his badge, places it on the table, and says, "Well, good luck to him. I thought you were a better man." To which Robert loses it. Uh huh. Get out! I'll have your head on a spike. Who the fuck? And he like hands him the hand of the pin, yeah. the king's pin, hand pin, and just takes off out the room. And he can't walk fast enough. When you see him walk out of that room, he's hustle stepping out. You just hear the. <laughs> King raging in the background. Raging, raging. For the next 20 minutes, he's just screaming, and I'll, I'm going to say everything yeah, he said. Well, Baelish, Baelish, when he, when, like, the next th thing you see is, is Ned walking into his quarters. He says to Jury, quick, you go get the girls packed. We're getting out of here. Let's do this now. Hurry. Get all the men together. We're going. And then Peter Baelish kind of walks in yep. and is like, the king went on about you for quite some time, but ultimately he's not going to kill you. <laughs> Beatrix, the horror. Oh, no, wait, careful. Uh, Dutchkrunk says they're all uh, yes men to the king. Littlefinger yeah. says he is always comparing everything to sex. <laughs> run, ugly bitches, run from Littlefinger. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't, don't go into Littlefinger's bed, no matter how nice he is. He's gonna slit your throat afterwards. Uh, so go. Ba Baratheon says. Uh, Robert says, out, out, you damn fool. I'm done with you. Go, run back to Winterfell. I'll have your head in a spike. I'll put it there myself, you fool. You think you're too good for this? Too proud and honorable? This is fucking war. You just keep screaming. And as, as Joe said, we go to uh, Ned's chambers. He's having a bit of a Joe rant. Yeah, he is having a bit of a Joe rant. He's going crazy. He's like, stab him in the back of the head. Yeah. Spike to the back <laughs> of the head now. 
<laughs> and so Ned's in his chambers quickly packing, and he says to, uh, yes, I'll go ahead with my daughters, get them ready, do it do it yourself. Jory says, right away, my lord. Lord, uh, lord Baelish is here for you. And Baelish is right there, and he's like, his, your grace went on for a while at some length after you left. The word treason was mentioned. <laughs> A few times. The word cocksucker, the word pussy, the word piece of shit, l- little bitch was mentioned a couple of times, too. The word Jesse, Jesse, get over here, was mentioned a couple of times, too. I don't know why. And Ed Stark says, uh, what can I do for you? When you return to, are you going to return to Winterfell? And he goes, why do you care? And he goes, if you're still here at nightfall, I'll take you to see the last person John Aaron spoke to before getting sick. If that sort of thing still interests you. And at first, Stark's like, no, no fucking way. He goes, no, I don't have the time. And then Baelish puts that one little cookie drop in there. He goes, it won't take more than an hour, but whatever you please. So Ned just goes, gets this look in his face like, okay, fine. Fuck it. I'm going. One last thing. One last thing. So uh, so Ned exits. Right? He just should have gone. Like, get the fuck away from these crazy fucking... Yeah, this... What are you doing? Yeah, you run Winterfell, but this is the entire kingdom, and these people are nuts. You're being put in a political situation that you've had nothing to do with for the last... Ever. You've never been in King's Landing for a long period of time. You're dealing with houses and families you have very little to deal with on a, on a whole, a couple of ravens a year, maybe. You know, like, maybe a visit from a family once or twice a decade but like get the putting ned in this position yeah you trust him he's your best friend you know that you haven't seen in 12 years or something like that but god like ned has his out here get the fuck out right this is his chance to get the fuck out get the fuck out Um, like especially with what his wife like get the fuck out and get to your wife immediately yeah right. talk some sense into her let the let the lannister go yeah <laughs> and get back home so baelish uh exits ned's chambers and he speaks to jerry briefly and then he takes off uh stark says round up all the men we have to station them outside the girls chambers who are your two best swords he tells him who his best swords are and he says find them and meet me at the stables so ned heads out so then <laughs> We go to the Eyrie. Uh, Catelyn and her men and Tyrion are all standing in front of Lady Aaron. Oh, God. <laughs> Fuck it. Lady Bad Aaron. I love that she's breastfeeding this little kid. Yep, she's breastfeeding. 10 year old, 12 year old boy. Yep, she's he's clearly too old. And, and it... it's clearly, I'm like, how does, how does Game of Thrones get away with having a. Uh, a 12-year-old suck on a woman's it's tit on TV. Technically, I, I hate to break it to everyone. It's a prosthetic tit. I, I, I looked into it. I have it right here in my notes. I mean, it's I, really like, does that matter? <laughs> I know. It looks like a good enough tit. I wanted to suck on the tit. Come on. <laughs> it, it was a good prosthetic. It was very, very good. I was like, damn. So the, the, the but sold this scene. Is it necessarily uh, the, the really uh, one little small one more adjustment, Joe, please? Uh, speaker adjustment. Uh, it, it wasn't necessarily uh, the way I keep a little bit more. Sorry, buddy. Uh, was at, was a. Uh, wasn't her having the kid sucking on her tit. It wasn't uh, the kid completely getting into it. It was Tyrion's face and and, uh, and Catelyn's face watching the whole situation, mouth wide open like, uh, especially Tyrion's face. It was, it was fucking hilarious. And yeah, it was it was pretty funny. And it was and this, you see at this moment, like she's 
talking something and uh and at one point Catelyn Stark glances down at Tyrion and and with and the look on her face is I'm so sorry I did this to you. <laughs> I know it totally is. It totally like she she realizes exactly like like she like you can just see what's going through her head is oh we're going to see your sister you might as well just kill me now there's no this is really we're going to the veil she's gonna murder me there's no doubt what what are you doing Catelyn and like she realizes exactly she's so she plants it down and I'm just like fucking I am sorry Tyrion this isn't how it was supposed to be Samir Samir wants to know where do I buy one of these uh prosthetic tits (laughs) right it was leaking milk too what the entire hell am I seeing? Yeah, that's the that's the look on Tyrion. What the entire hell am I seeing? <laughs> Great job, Vaughn. Great one, Vaughn. <laughs> it's it is fucking ridiculous. And oh, oh, this is su- such a freaky situation. You uh there should be a caption over the throne, milk, it does a body good. <laughs> right, right. Oh my god. That was straight cream, baby. <laughs> Uh, so Liza goes, you bring him here without permission. You pollute my home with his presence. You're on. Like, it's not, let, let me get this straight. It's not that this kid, it's not. Okay. It's awful <laughs> that this kid is breastfeeding. Right. And yes. Okay. There is a big push. And I, I agree with a woman. If she wants to breastfeed her child sitting on the fucking bus, the bus bench, the football game at Gillette Stadium, wherever the hell she wants to feed her kid, that kid's hungry. I got no problem with it. Whip a tit out, feed that kid. But hey, don't be pissed at me if I'm staring because you got a tit out. Yeah. All right. That's the way it goes. Now, it's not that she's feeding this kid. It's that she. It's or or it's the age of the child too, but she's also doing it. With the the age that this child is, she's doing it in front of everybody. Like, and nobody is like, all right, uh, it's a little inappropriate at this <laughs> point for you to be doing but you right? can't. Nobody's saying it. Nobody's like, this lady's fucking a bat. Like, no one can, up. though. No one has the power to tell her she's... she's... Somebody to suck on that titty. Like, what? Really? You don't... My question, everybody, let's stand arm in arm. And when she says, throw someone out the moon door, go, no, bitch, you're fucking feeding a 12 year old from your tit. My question is, did she try to do that when obviously the kid she's had a breast fed, fed him the whole time. So she was doing this while John Aaron was alive, too. That's what I'm thinking, too. Like, John Aaron wasn't like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Well, was the Meister like, no, no, no. Keep doing that, sweetheart. It's good for the kid. He's a little. He's a little slow. He needs the mother's milk. <laughs> Get, Ghetto Toad says here that say yeah. To, to, say, right, I there are women that still that do this now, <laughs> like that do do this. It, this isn't like I, I don't know what the percentage of women that do do this with their children, but there there is a percent of women that do this. <laughs> Ghetto Toad says props to the kid for not killing himself after shooting the scene. <laughs> Samir, she's batshit crazy. Are you kidding me? If you were the kid doing this scene, wouldn't you be like, awesome? Va- I would have been psyched as a kid if I was like cast as this kid to suck on a boob. Vaughn says we've crossed a line, or Maddie the crossed the line. That ain't breastfeeding. That's crossed the line into incest. 
That's incest. That's incest. I've, I added a little bit, a couple of. Well, couple... he was dripping from the mouth. You could like that was dry, Like they made a point of showing that there was actual milk coming out of. His Richie, mouth. Richie adds his perspective. An unwritten rules: if you whip out a, if you whip out a tit, I'm gonna look. For whatever the reason, you know, I have no problem with it, and I understand you're doing a biological human thing. You're, you're gi- giving your your child sustenance, and and it doesn't mean I'm looking at your tit because oh, it's a tit, but I might be looking because oh, that's an awesome thing to see you feeding your your child. Like the beauty that. of life, sort of thing. Uh, you know, the there's many reasons why I'll be looking, but. Rest assured, my uh, eyes are gonna go uh, Rest way. assured, he'll be looking though. Uh, g- so keep in mind, ladies, Joe will be looking. Uh, Keto Toad says, but not in England. You won't. Necessarily so, for my for a perverse reason. No, no, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. So, so, so perverse or not, uh, young sweet Robin is sucking the sweet breast milk this whole time, and he's strong. John knew it. His last words were, "The seed is strong." He wanted everyone to know. He wanted everyone to know what a good, strong boy you grow up to, and she's just, she's so fucking cuckoo. And uh, Catelyn Stark says, Liza, you wrote me a letter about the Lannisters warning me to stay away from them, not to bring one here. And she says, not to bring one here. And then Robert at Robin finally speaks. He says, Mummy, is that the bad man? Yes, it is. Yep. Yes, that's the bad man. <laughs> Make him fly. Yes, he's little. He's Tyrion, the imp of House Lannister. He killed your father, murdered your head. Tyrion is hilarious here. He's like, okay, I'm dead anyway, so I might as well talk shit. Oh, did this I? Is where, this is where uh, Catelyn Stark glanced glances down and is like oh i'm sorry and he says did i kill him too i've been a very busy man <laughs> silence you yes. don't be insolent to yes. me every one of the every one of these men loved my loved my husband john aaron each one of them would die for me and then yep. Tyrion makes sure he mentions jamie as much as possible if any harm comes to me jamie will see that they do die and yep. his ace in the hole and uh, Robin says, "You can't hurt us. No one can hurt us. Tell him, tell him, tell mummy. mummy. Tell him, tell mummy. Him. We are impregnable. Yes, suck, mummy. suck this nipple, little boy. Suck this nipple. Take it. And yeah, shut up, boy. Shut up, boy. Uh, he's just trying to frighten us. Lannisters are all liars. No one will hurt my baby. Mummy, I want to see the bad man fly. Perhaps you will love." And Catelyn says, "This man is. This is where she stands up for Tyrion. She says, this man is my prisoner. I won't have him harmed.'" And uh, Liza ends up uh, suggesting that she take a nap and that they'll take him out below and keep him safe. We'll introduce him to Mord. <laughs> so then we meet. Oh, God, I love these. Oh, that... you go to. Okay. Do we go right to that next or is there another scene? We go right to Mord. You go to sleep, okay. dwarf man. Sleep good, little dwarf man. So you kind of see the floor at first when the door opens. You see from the inside of this cell. Now. If you look close enough, you'll see that the, where the floor meets the wall, this floor is on an angle. It has a slope to it. It's not a big slope, but it's a slope. So this is for a reason. As the shot pans out after the after the dwarf gets thrown in, you realize that this cell has only three walls to it. Mm-hmm. And the third wall is basically the air and nothing but fall. Yeah, nothing but death. Way up high in the castle in the highest mountain of the Vale. Like, this shit is a long way down. (laughs) So when you sleep at night, you can see the water even trickling out of the cell. There's some sort of water running. So 
when when you sleep at night, you're when you roll over and stuff, you're gonna slowly roll. Yeah. Off. You're not paying attention. You roll downhill out of this. It's to make it easier for you to finally say and just give up and go. Tyrion is uh Tyrion. You is know the... they don't want to hold prisoners, so eventually when the we won't we won't kill you, and we'll just imprison you. But we're gonna imprison you in this awful <laughs> cold wind drawn rain uh, open to the elements and you're going to kill yourself you're going to walk right off the edge yeah you're like, going to do it to yourself. so the you're only time it. ever Tyrion's excited to be a uh, dwarf because he has slightly more room than the average prisoner that would be in this situation <laughs> it's still fucking cold in there it's got to be cold in that cell <laughs> ren ren would like to add that in the books it talks about that she smelled like sour milk oh i remember no, that gross ghetto toad so says oh we're everyone else is keeping the discussion in the chat room about how to properly look at a woman breastfeeding in public it's going on in the, going on in the chat room uh whose job is it to clean those rocks ghetto toad asks it's a good question so uh so back at king's landing inside uh in, in that and that's i is that the last we see of Tyrion for the episode do we go back to them or is that the end of the eerie stuff for tonight i, th- I think that was the end of the eerie stuff yep. that's the end of the eerie stuff for tonight so back at King's Landing, we go inside Renly Baratheon. I mean, inside his chambers. <laughs> and uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I messed up here. And we get another sexaposition scene in Game of Thrones. And uh, and we get a shirtless Loras kneeling beside him, shaving Renly's chest. This is oh, also this is also something that was never never specifically happened in the books, but it was hinted at. But they never you never actually got a moment like that with the two of them together. It just was strongly suggested that both of them, uh, and I can't even remember, I'm blanking on if it was strongly suggested that they have a relationship or that both of them just uh, just enjoy the company of men. I, I know that that was both com- common knowledge. I'm not sure if they even had a relationship in the in the books. But, um, Loris and Renly? Yeah, Loris and Renly. Did. Yeah, no, they were fucking in the books. They were fucking in the books too? Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, I, I I don't I it does it did it doesn't doesn't stand in my memory as much as this does in the show and as their relationship in the show does obviously because uh, seeing you you get to actually see it here so yeah no they were they were uh yep nope they were together and <laughs> Samir says how long does a woman keep lactating is it twelve years normal if she keeps milking I think she'll lactate forever I believe that's yeah. how it works right I yeah, think that's exactly much. how it works. Yep. Thon says, a cell with a built-in AC. What's wrong with that, Joe? <laughs> That's actually a great situation. So yeah. so they're sitting in each room, in the uh, room. To- only it's the wrong, you want the heat. Uh, yeah. If yeah. we were in Dorne, that might be a good thing. <laughs> I wouldn't mind their cell being open to the elements like that in yeah, Dorne. It probably gets a little chilly. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Uh, Ren also. One of the, they got towers in Dorne. They got these big spires. It's a different kind of architecture down there. It's weird. They're, you know, Dornish. So <laughs> they, they could have this tower. They put they in further books. Someone gets imprisoned and they get put in a tower. That's how they do it. And and uh, you know, put me in a tower with three three walls. That's fine. Nice and sunny. Just send up some wine. Let me. Let me bask in the sun yeah but not up in the veil oh, the mountains and the snow oh fuck yeah. that yeah fuck Don't that shit. yeah <laughs> so that right. so yeah. so so yeah so as we're sitting here with shirtless loris kneeling beside uh 
Uh, kneeling beside Renly. Uh, we have sexy time exposition. Uh, Loris says, uh, Lord Stark's lucky he still has a head. Uh, and Robert and Renly says, Robert will rant on for a few days. It's it, This scene serves very... A lot better than the uh, Theon and Roz scene for giving us Im important information. I kind of like the information that comes out in the scene between the two of them. I like their talk. I like everything that they say say and, and do in this scene. I like everything they say and do yeah. in this scene. Uh, no, uh, I mean, it's a it's an intimate little scene. I like how Loras is conniving. Yeah, I like he's Loras. trying to play a card here, too. Yeah. It does develop their characters. It develops I like the characters. Of them. I, I, I had no problem with either of these characters. The actors played them well, too. Yeah, I, I, really, I, really dug, I really dug this scene and what they talked about here. So uh, Laura says you're jealous. Uh, or that Robert, uh, Renly says Robert will rant on for days, but he won't do anything. He adores Ned. And Laura says you're jealous. And uh, and he's shaving him and Renly being all conscious. Are you sure this won't hurt? And he goes, only if I slip and I cut you. And they talk about preferring him hairless, whatever. And uh, it won't hurt. Like, does that mean you don't even shave your face yet, Renly? Really? Mm. And you're like, they don't think of me as a man. Yeah, I don't like shit. <laughs> and I love how Loris calls him out here too. He goes, "Come on, you're, it's blood. Look at the fucking blood." Yeah, you know, yeah. he's like, he's like, it's easy for you to say with your talents, and this is what you said earlier. He's like, this is they're not talents, dude. <laughs> they're I fucking worked hard yeah. to do what I'm able to do. I I worked at it every yeah, single every day. single Nothing fucking was day. Yeah, and Renly says, my brother thinks anyone who hasn't been to war isn't a man. He treats me like I'm a spoiled child. Well, you kind of are. You were protected during the rebellion and then immediately got cast into a position of power. Uh, and, Loris, and, and Loris gives him a look and he goes, oh, you're not? The Knight of the Flowers? How many wars have you fought in? And how much did your father spend on the fucking beautiful armor of yours? And he says, oh, uh, and then Renly goes on. All I ever heard from Robert and Stannis is how I'm not tough enough, how I squirm at the sight of blood. And Loris calls him out. He goes, you did vomit when that boy's eye was knocked out. Great. And Renly's like, well, his eye was dangling out of the damn socket. What was yeah, I supposed so he, to do? He's in the melee in a tournament. And the first guy that gets injured, he had his eyes hanging out of his skull. But he pukes. Can't finish the tournament. Like, what? And Dragon says, I love this scene except for the weird the weird noises at the end. And I'll add that it's like kind of like in Team America. Oh, no, in the South Park movie when Satan, when it goes dark with Satan and Saddam Hussein, we get that like the same sound effect at the end of this scene. It's pretty funny. And uh, Loris and Tyrell says, uh, you, you did want, oh, kitty, kitty. We're going to, I'm going to put the camera on Joe while I talk because we can take a look oh, at the kitty. He's a cutie boy. So Loris says, you did vomit when that boy's eye was knocked down. Renly says his eye was dangling out of the socket. Loris says he shouldn't have entered the melee if he didn't know how to fight. Uh, Renly says, easy for you to say. Not everyone is as gifted as a swordsman as you. It's not a gift. No one gave it to me. I'm good because I work at it. And Renly says, I could work at fighting all day, every day, and never be as good as you. Well, never. you don't try, so you won't be good. At, you won't be that good, man. That's, that's things losers say for 100, Alex, from Renly right there. <laughs> It's it's just come on, dude. Give me a break. So Loris says, "Yeah, well, I guess." And then they finish with his chest, and Loris raises his arm so he can shave the armpits. And he says, "Everywhere, everywhere." And then we get more backstory of the Targaryen girl. She'll die. Renly says it needs to be done, and pleasant as it is, Robert's rather tasteless about it. Every time he talks about killing her, I swear the table rises rises six inches. It's a shame he can't muster the same enthusiasm for his wife, Loris. Uh, Philstress here for that. Oh, Loris. Renly says he uh, does have a deep abiding lust for her money. 
one of my favorite lines. They, the Lannisters may be the most pompous, ponderous cunts the gods ever suffered to walk the world, but they do have an outrageous amount of money. Loris points out that the Tyrells are also rich. The Tyrells are the second richest family in Westeros next to the Lannisters. And Renly makes sure he tells her back that, well, you're not as rich as the Lannisters. But I have a lot more money than you. And then Renly gets into the whole Robert's threatening to yeah, take. I like that, too. He makes makes a point to point it out. Because, you know, Highgarden is where all the food comes from. It's all plains. It's all a, a, it's big open area. Most of the food that supplies the kingdom is grown here. The Renly's area is stormlands. It's foresty. It's on the coast. It doesn't have great farmland. Um, basically, it produces a little wood and some fish and shit. But it's not like a rich, rich place. It's, you know, it's... <laughs> is pretty trashed so uh dragon makes a good point and i agree uh in the books renly is more of a badass he's more of a young robert in a lot of ways they make him out to be he looks like young robert he can't fight quite as good but he's supposed to uh, still be able to kick some ass uh tim says hold on how crazy uh knife to the head is is uh has a is a nice cat guy <laughs> crazy knife to the head joe is uh Joe has three cats. I also have three cats and a dog. We're both crazy animal people, and there's tons my of... My bunny just left us a little while ago. Yeah, and Joe also had a very very cute bunny that my puppy got along with. My puppy came in, uh, put put his head right in the... Uh, her head right in the cage, and... Well, my cats used to, like, lay down in the cage with them all the time. And Dragon says, even crazy, crazy knife guys love their kitty cats. <laughs> yep. so, 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 Renly... Like I said before, my kitties aren't food. But someone else's might be. <laughs> yes, they help me with knifing in the back of the head with it. They got lots of them. Yeah. Exactly. They can come in handy in the right situation here. Especially a little bit well. Or 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 Sir Pounce. So so Renly says. Oh, Sir Pounce. Oh. Uh, but spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! Ding, ding, ding! No, if, wait, no, no, wait, wait, wait! Listen, pounds. listen! This is important information. Spoiler alert, everybody! Uh, the, block your ears if you don't want some information about season five for thirty seconds. Here it is: Sir Pounce will not be in season five of Game of Thrones. Oh, yes, that's it. That's it. That <laughs> is fifteen minutes. Yep, spoilers over. Anyways, uh, Loris says, uh, "How did that ever happen? Because, or how did Robert ever become the king?" Uh, because he, and he says, because he loved his killing and he used to be good at it. And then yep. Loris gets in, do you know who should be king? And he said, and they go to him and he goes, I'm fourth in line. And if Robert was in love, Joffrey, Joffrey's a monster. Tommen is eight. Stannis, Stannis is, has the personality of a lobster, but he's my older brother. And Renly points out very clear and seems to, seems to be very confident in the fact that he wouldn't undercut his older brother. And he's very confident about, well, he's my older brother. Yeah. And then Loris cuts him under his arm and he goes, what are you doing? Look at it. Look at the fucking cut. It's just blood. We all got it sometimes. Sometimes it spills. You're going to need to spill blood if you're going to become king. Right. So, okay. Did Loris just say, I have to kill my brothers? Am I, I have, so you just told me, Loris, you want me to kill both my older uh, brothers. My nephews. And both my nephews. Yep. Like really, Renly? Is that what you're talking about here? Or Loras, yeah. king? Yeah. Because that's what it takes. I'm fourth in line there, and there is currently a king. So we should get rid of Robert. Get Kill rid him. of Stannis. Yep. Get Death. rid of oh, before Stannis. Stannis hasn't even come in yet. We yeah, got to get rid Stannis. of Robert, Joffrey, then Tommen, then Stannis. 
And yep. hopefully by the time you're done with that, Stannis hasn't had a kid, a male son, to kill yet as well. You better kill uh, better kill Cersei while you're at it, because she's not going to be happy. Right. <laughs> who knows how many more yeah Baratheon okay. children she might spew out. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Baratheon children. Yeah. So, so Loras uh, says it's just blood. We all got it. You're gonna be. You need to be king. You're gonna need to do what needs to be done. But don't gloat over it. You don't love killing. Where is it written that power is the sole providence of the worst? That thrones are made for the hated and the feared. You would be a wonderful king. And then they go into some non-family fr- friendly fun, and we and, and the music kicks in. And they have sweet, yeah, they have sweet slurpy, 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 as Katie said. Goes right down on Renly. Now I made you bleed. Now I'm gonna make you. And Renly, and Renly, good. It goes goes to that push pull thing, you know, like oh, uh, nice. I I like your shoes. My grandmother has a pair of those. And Renly almost turns to the camera and gets a good. It's a good to be the king look. He, he, they they focus on his face for a second, and he just looks oh, around. Yeah, looks good. Oh, and he, you, yeah, got, you yeah. almost see his old face. He's yeah. almost that quick. Yeah, he's I almost that quick. Morris is good at what he yeah. does. Yeah, he, and he, 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 it's not just a gift, Joe. He practices that every day. He works. It's not a talent. Yeah, it's not a talent. He works hard every day for hours to be able to do yeah. what he does. Yeah. Hours, Joe. Hours. Sword fight the way he sword fights. <laughs> <laughs> so we speaking oh, of shit. so we go over to one of my favorite scenes and something that Joe and I might disagree here as we as we're coming here but as we're coming here I shouldn't have said it like that sorry <laughs> so it's the Cersei and Robert scene I fucking love this scene and and to me this Cersei in this scene is the most honest she's ever been at any point in time from beginning to end to the series and a couple of her answers and her interactions with Robert but it, I find the scene completely hilarious, the two of them interacting. Cersei, Cersei says, she doesn't even try to play her bullshit games. I'm sorry your marriage to Ned Stark didn't work out. You two seem so good together. And Robert's like, I'm glad I could do something to make you happy. Not even, and Basically not even having the strength to fight her at this point. Cersei said, without a hand, everything will fall to pieces. He said, I suppose this is where you tell me to give your job to Jamie." And she says, no, he's not serious enough. I'll say this for Ned Stark, he's serious enough. But was it really worth it losing him this way? Kind of digging in and I'm like, you lost your friend. Yep. And uh, he says, serious, believe it now, whatever. The, oh, I, I almost said, I said in my notes here, the real Robert came out for a half a second in this moment. Like the old Robert. He goes, but but I do, he goes, I don't know about any of this, but I do know if a Targaryen girl convinces her horse lord husband to invade and the Dothraki horde cross the narrow sea, we won't be able to stop them. Just the what he says, he, it seemed like for a moment, in a couple moments in this scene, Robert, the military or the warrior, came out a couple times and you heard that person talking and you hadn't really heard that person in the first four episodes yet. But you you felt where he, he was like, oh my God, I'm slow. Uh, uh, we're going to lose. Uh, if I can't kill everyone myself, we're going to lose, is what he's thinking probably. A big part of what he's thinking. And... And it's funny how his response to what she says, because she, she says the Dothraki don't sail. Every child knows that. They don't have disciplines. They don't have armor. They don't have siege weapons. Robert says it's a neat little trick you do. You move your lips and your father's voice comes out. Two things I want to say about that. One, she says exactly what Ned Stark says, too. So he's calling Ned right, basically. Exactly. Tyler too. Exactly. It's, he's just saying that to, to dig at her. To dig at her right but back. But really, because... what, what, but the, what, that was my second point, Joe, that is ultimately... You just said the biggest compliment you could ever give to Cersei Lannister. He basically just complimented her. 
You you open your mouth and your father's voice comes out. That's like telling her, that's feeding into her ego and saying that, oh my God, you're as smart as your father. From her yeah. perspective, she takes that as a compliment. That's like, right. that's like, oh, that's that that dress is really ugly. Oh yeah, you mean I can pull it's off also, pull it off? It's also a dig because I think she knows she does. I think he knows that she doesn't really like her father. Yeah. Father pushed her into this loveless loveless marriage. Dragon, which just talk about right now. Dragon says uh, to quote the Mel Burks, "It's it's good to be fourth in line." <laughs> Cersei has a real gut laugh though Uh, yeah she's enjoying herself in this moment and Dragon says yeah we're gonna get to that line which is better the five five or the one thing so Robert says let's say Viserys Targaryen lands with 40,000 Dothraki screamers at his back we hole up in our castle a wise move only a fool would meet the Dothraki in open field they leave us in their castles they go from town to town looting and burning killing every man who can't hide behind a stone wall stealing all our crops and our livestock enslaving all our women and children and this is where she sits down she likes the part about enslaving women and children that makes her sit down and take a drink and she gets a drink and how long will the people of the seven kingdoms stand behind their absentee king their cowardly king hiding behind the big walls when the people decide that Viserys Targaryen is the rightful monarch after all interesting point real Robert comes out Cersei eh well we'll still outnumber them and here we go. What is the bigger number? Five or one? And she says well, and she says five, he says one. One real army. Bam. Yep. And now when we had the scene earlier with Joffrey and Mummy and his mummy, Cersei, and he's saying to her, you know, I would unite the kingdom. And she's like, Oh, you'll marry Sansa and then you can fuck whores later. He talks for a brief moment there about he should unite he should take basically all the troops from the kingdoms and make one army, his army. And yeah. it's this intelligent thing that he's talking about creating like a national army instead of all these different, you know, small armies run by the Lords all over the Westeros. He's like, Nope, we're going to make one army. Now you see exactly where that came from. And he's been paying attention to his dad. He looks up to his dad. His dad is known as a warrior, the usurper King. He threw overthrew the mad King Targaryen and seized the throne for himself. So Joffrey does pay attention to what his dad, the shit his dad's laying yeah. down sometimes. Absolutely. absolutely. Uh, Megan Fox, amazing hot 93. Great name. Uh, says Meg, excuse me, mega Foxy, amazing hot. Awesome. Ugh, mega Foxy, awesome hot 93. Bam. Amazing hot, awesome 93. 93. Yeah. <laughs> amazing hot, spectacular. I think that even she doesn't love her father. She respects him. And Tim says, well, how can you not? You can't not respect T- uh, Tywin or at least uh, fear him in a respectful way. So so Robert says five fingers, one fist, one army, a real army united behind one leader, one purpose. Our purpose died with the Mad King. Now we get as many armies as there's men with gold in their purse. It's almost what Ned was saying to uh, Jory in the last episode. The knights run around. Everyone's a knight, and they all run around here like peacocks, and yep. uh, none of them have seen a real battle. Which and, is what we saw with that with uh, John Aaron's Sir Hugh Squire with his Sir brand Hugh. new armor, you know, and when we see him, he's never been in a tournament before, but what he, he's, he's doing the things, counting off the steps, doing the things that he saw John Aaron doing, pretending to be a, a knight trying to, and he gets killed. <laughs> Richie. They, they don't know what they're doing. You come up, you're a knight, you're a knight, you're a knight now all of a sudden because John Aaron's gone. 
all right, nothing's going to kill you. R- Richie, Richie, good point. Cersei should have been like, uh, I thought I thought paper covers rock. <laughs> <laughs> good, Very good one, Richie. Uh, so uh, your father, he says everyone wants to do something different. Ned, your father wants to own the world. Ned Stark wants to run away and bury his head in the, in the uh, snow. And Cersei goes, what do you want? And he just looks at the wine and he takes a big gulp. And then he smiles. Yeah. He says, we haven't had a real fight in nine years. Backstabbing doesn't prepare you to a fight. Uh, she just gives him duck face at that. Almost agreeing, but not giving him the satisfaction of it. But you can see she almost agrees at what he's saying. And that and that's all the realm is now. Backstabbing and scheming and ass-licking and money-grabbing. Sometimes I don't know what holds us together. And Cersei gives the best line of the episode. Well, the best li- funniest line of the episode. <laughs> Our marriage. And they both just lose it laughing. And how long can hate hold a marriage together? (laughs) Well, 17 years is a long time. And, uh, well, 17 years is quite a long time. And this is her way of, I don't know, getting him to answer a few questions. And and he said, yes, it is. Yes, it is. And then she bridges the question. She says, what was she like? And Robert gets really deathly serious. Why now? Why after all these years you've never asked about her before? (laughs) At first, just saying her name, even in private, felt like I was breathing life back into her. Then I thought if I didn't talk about her, she'd just fade away. When I realized that wasn't going to happen, I refused to ask out of spite. girl thought right there. Loves don't fade away. You dream about that shit. Obsessed. Like, ugh. And uh, he asks, so why now? And she, he said, she says, what harm could Lyanna Stark's ghost do to either of us that we haven't done to each other a hundred times over? And he gets really serious and frowns. And he goes, the horrible truth is I can't remember what she looked like. It's the only thing I ever wanted. And someone took her away from me. And seven kingdoms couldn't fill the hole that she left behind. Including you, Cersei. Yeah, definitely not you, Cersei. Oh, and by the way, did I mention... Not you, Cersei. You never fucking do it. Even if it was... She asks specifically Yeah. by the end, and he's like, no, didn't you hear me? Seven kingdoms, bitch. This is my my question for you, Joe. Do you believe her when she says that... Absolutely not. She is so fucking hurt and crushed. If If she meant what she said and she was like, no, I felt nothing, then she wouldn't have taken the gulp and got up and left the room. She was crushed by that. No, but what I'm saying, what, my question is, she said, uh, I felt something for you once. And he said, I know, even after we lost our first boy for quite a while, actually. Was it possible for us ever? Was there ever a time, ever a moment? Do you believe that she believes that, that there was ever a moment for her? Do you believe no. that? No. I think, I think. Yeah. You say no. Katie, what do you think? I think she had that girlish dream. Yeah, yeah. She was marrying the king. She was Sansa, essentially. I'm marrying, yeah. and like, look what Sansa's about to marry. Exactly. She's married. She's getting betrothed to fucking Joffrey. It's almost the same thing. That it's a mirror from Cersei, who you know you can see. Imagine Cersei as Sansa, as a young girl, who all she'd ever want is to marry the the king of the Seven Realms. Yeah, she comes from a rich Lannister family, but this is better. This is this would put her above her father as the queen of you know, all of Westeros above her brother, above everybody <laughs> Tim's... You know, her rightful place. So I think at one point there was, and I'm going to say this is no, I'm going to, it's never said in the book, but they talk about our first child and they're not talking about Joffrey. Um, and I don't know if we really hear about what happens to that child. I don't remember anything else about it in the book. So oh, I know what you're about to say, Joe. You, you. Th- I think the bitch 
killed him when she realized there wasn't ever a chance and that he was never getting over Lysa and that she was going to Leanna. No, not carry this fucking bastard maker's child. Leanna, not Liza. But yeah, I know. I know exactly what you're saying. Uh, Tim Garrett. Tim says, yes. Phil, words are hard. Yes, I, I have trouble with them. Uh, Ren says, yes, it, this was such a romantic scene between Robert and Cersei. Dragon says, you can see that Cersei was hurt that Robert didn't love her because of kind of what you guys were saying, that she had that she had that San, Sansa delusion of, 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 uh, of being a queen and having the king love her. Yeah, I mean, if it's if it. But her and that, and that means she entered this marriage and it was always completely loveless. There was never any point to anything she ever did. No, if anybody, if she, if she had a chance with anybody, it was it was when uh, the Targaryen, Aegon Targaryen, was his name, I believe, uh, that the Daenerys's and Viserys's older brother that was originally going to be or there was rumored was going to marry uh cersei and then and then the mad king just to fuck with tywin uh said that cersei wasn't good enough i think that was who she thought she was going to marry and she thought she wanted to be a, the head of a targaryen family and and making other blonde light-haired targaryen lannister children for for all of eternity and and she's almost yep. probably partially and and pissed about the, the way it turned out why jamie had taken the uh the oath to be a uh Kingsguard. A Kingsguard because he was going to be able to stay close with Cersei. And then once the Mad King had Tywin's son, he changed all the plans. Yeah, he changed all the plans. He's like, fuck you, Tywin. Haha, <laughs> gotcha. Yep. Uh, did, Ren said, yeah, didn't you won't, you won't be my hand anymore because I want to throw out a bunch of wild speculation that I'm not going to throw out. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> so Ren said, yeah, we'll keep going here. Ren said, didn't she say how handsome Robert was back then? And uh, up oh, to that yeah. point, everybody ro- has talked about it. Robert, Robert was a, a ladies. Rygar, yeah. The most handsome Rygar. man in the, in the seven kingdoms, pretty much. Thank you. Thank you. Chat room for, uh, for, for, uh, for the names. Appreciate that. So, uh, so Cersei is, uh, uh, Cersei. Yeah. She's coldly. She, uh, he says, well, she asked, was it ever possible? Was there ever time? And he says, uh, coldly, he says, no. And then she drinks. Does that make you feel better or worse? He asks. And she said, eh, it doesn't make me feel anything. I got to see a face. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, no, if she truly didn't feel anything, I believe she would have continued to have conversation with him because they were, they were having, I mean, they were talking about some deep shit. But they were having it. They were pleasantly doing it. They were both being openly honest, brutally openly honest with each other, and it hurt her. And she left the room. Right. There was more. To, there was definitely, I think, more to be said about about things that they could have talked about, you know. But she can't see past that. He doesn't. She could never manipulate him like she can manipulate anybody else. Partially because of what she said, yeah. Partially because of what she says when she gets into when I do my manipulation thing and you and I'm upset, you seem to like it. <laughs> you right. seem to get you seem to get off on the fact of me being upset all the time or me doing any of the things I try to do to to manipulate people. You you feed off of it. In fact, <laughs> great scene between the two of them. So here we go into in well, I think that feeds into the she he sees it like he he's stuck in this endless rut of. Uh, wine and women right and he i think looks at what when she does her thing her manipulations and she's doing what she's doing and yeah it pisses him off and and everything but i think he it does he does feed into it he does love it and he does feed it to her because 
it's her doing it's her way of doing battle what he can't do anymore what he doesn't do anymore <laughs> dragon says they actually look married <laughs> in this moment they right. yeah they and seem they, like a married couple so they're you know they've been sleeping in different bedrooms since the start you know because how's he gonna fuck whores with him in the, with her in the bed next to him yeah if you're Robert, you're you're fucking whores in every room. You're even fucking him in Cersei's bed. You're like going into Cersei's bedroom and and using her bed and shit. You're no one. Was at the banquet. Yeah. <laughs> He's fucking him in Jamie's bedroom. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's more insulting to to because he gets more joy out of that than doing it in front of Cersei. He wants to do it in front of Jamie. So inside one of Baelish's brothels, as we go on, Ned is speaking to one of the prostitutes. Jory and Baelish are in the next room. She says she's going on. She looks like him, doesn't she, my lord? She has his nose, his black hair. We meet another one she of the. Looks like half the people in fucking Westeros. She's a baby for Christ's sake. <laughs> so basically, we find another one of Net of uh, Robert's bastards. And it's a and it's a recent a recently born bastard. It's a baby. Yep. So you know, she's like she's like I don't want nothing from him. I don't want money or gold or anything. I just want him. I just want he always treated me so nice, unlike any of the other Johns I'm I've with. But he hasn't come back since he dropped dropped seed in me. He won't leave his queen and castle and have a farm with me. <laughs> right. You know, like what what the fuck are you talking about, lady? So, so Ned breaks off from them because he can't handle that friggin' crazy situation. And he goes in the other room and with Baelish and, and Joy. He's like lounging on a on like a, a couch or, or like a bunch of pillows with two half naked prostitutes. Jory, I think it's Jory. It might be some just some other guy. No, it's Jory. It's Jory. Jaw on the floor, like looking at these titties. And of course, of course, of course, the prostitute sees him looking at the titties, and mm-hmm. she's all like. She's eye fucking him. She 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 starts yeah. She starts liking the titties, or she starts she and uh, and he says uh, they start talking back and forth, uh, talking about how many men. uh, And Ned he Ned asks how what do you know about Robert's bastards? And Peter says, well, he's got more than you for their start. Well, how many? And Peter says, it doesn't matter if you fuck enough women, some of them will give you presents. (laughs) <laughs> fucking little finger and yeah. and ned says john aaron tracked them all down why and uh baelish oh, yeah, says yeah, yeah. he doesn't he doesn't baelish uh make a a crack at about about ned's bastard too he, he oh, no he's got certainly doesn't he certainly he doesn't have he has more yeah. more more than you yeah I just, <laughs> I just i just said yeah i said that line. and he said uh he was the candidate king perhaps robert wanted to look after them he was overcome with uh fatherly love and Ned's, right. and Ned's like, come on, to Jory, let's get the hell out of here. But Jory's, like, stuck in the mud, staring at one of the whores who's been eye-fucking him the whole scene, flashing him her breasts, touching her, and touching herself. Jaws on the ground. Jaws on the ground, yeah, exactly. And, know, and with that little barb and and with this little conversation that's taking place right now, you you get you get to wonder whether or not he's uh, delaying Ned for some reason. Maybe. Who knows? We'll we'll have to see the next scene. (laughs) That's fair to fair to wonder about that. So uh, Ned and Jory are leaving the brothel as they're saying goodbye. Let's let's go in the chat room quickly. Uh, Dragon says, poor, sweet little whore. Ren says this could be said about Robert from Conan, King King Osiric. There comes a time, a thief, when the jewels cease to sparkle, when the room becomes a prison. Very, very interesting. Very poetic, too. And and that call Ren. 
and uh quoted conan (laughs) that's awesome it made it sound like really poetic too that's awesome okay okay here we go ned and jory leave the brothel dragon we're gonna all you see dragon's question right uh the last question that's the question from the very beginning of the show where i mean ultimately is what ultimately what we need to answer here at the end here and i think we might have two different opinions but what was the question Look at the chat room. Read the chat room. So, uh, wins. Who wins? Oh, in, in the scene? Yeah, here we go. So, Ned and Jory leave the brothel with a few of Ned's men as they're, think about it as we go here, are suddenly surrounded by Jamie Lannister and his men. And all of his men, they come out of nowhere. And Ned goes, Ned immediately, immediately knows where this is going. You just see the look on Ned Stark's face. He just immediately knows what the fuck's about to happen. You took my brother, I'm taking you, Such a small pack of wolves. And Jory is, Jory, uh, this is why it's important that Jory got to see boobs before he died. Good, 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 Jory. You got to see the boobs. You, we got the foreshadowing in the last episode with him and Jamie talking and having some sort of bonding experience. Jamie's going to kill you in like three fucking seconds. Well, hey, let's remember that Jory and him had a little interaction. Jory brings uh, the king a message from the hand. Right. That's what I was saying in the last episode. Yeah. That's and it's like, oh, yeah, hey, remember we fought together and Thoros burning sword i'll yep. never forget it we were fighting together yep. and it without hesitation i sociopath fucking jamie or just a competent Ooh. just a just if he's gonna fight he's gonna win i think that's how what jamie that, well that is it too but there's no fucking he doesn't kit i mean obviously the guy he threw a fucking kid out a window yeah. okay right? right he doesn't give a shit so so J- so jamie says such a small pack of wolves jory says stay back sir this is the hand of the king jamie says was the hand of the king now i'm not sure what he is he's the lord of somewhere very far away peter baelish protests what's the meaning of this lannister get back inside where you're safe i'm looking for my brother you remember my brother don't you lord stark blonde hair sharp tongue short man and 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 peter baelish is like i'm going to get the gold cloaks yeah the city watch and runs back inside and we never see City to Watch. The right. to, yeah, to, to the telephone? Yeah, to the telephone. Yeah, to the telephone. He sends a raven. Did he send a raven to the City Watch? So Ed Stark says, uh, Ned Stark says, I remember him well. Jamie says, it seems he had some trouble on the road. You wouldn't know what happened to him, would you? Uh, Ned says, he was taken at my command. He covers for good his husband. good husband. Good so husband. right when he says that, Jamie immediately draws his sword, causing all the men on both sides to draw their swords, except for Ned Stark. He doesn't draw his sword yet. Uh, Baelish, this is when Baelish, Baelish runs Ned inside. Stark is calm, cool, and yeah. Oh, yeah, he does. Yeah, here we, here we go here. So then J- yeah. Jamie says, come, Stark. I'd rather you have a sword in your hand before you die. Jory says, if you threaten my lord again. Jamie cuts him off. He says, threaten? As in, I'm going to cut open your lord from balls to brains to see what Starks are made out of. So Ned Stark, <laughs> knowing he has a, a, a ace card in his pocket says you kill me your brother is a dead man and i i just want to make this clear before we get into this fight that jamie's response is you're right we have to take him alive kill his men 
so kill, if, kill his men. So right? a fight erupts, and Jamie's men throw some spears, kill a bunch of Ned Stark's men. Ned eventually, at this point, draws his sword and kind of moves towards Jamie, but fending off several guards in the process uh, pretty easily, killing some and Lannisters. Jory, Jory too. Jory's kicking some guard Right, ass. and Jory's kicking some guard ass. Jory gets to Jamie first, and Jamie, I swear, in about... What, it's, it's, no, no, he... Five uh, seconds kills him. Five seconds he comes kills him. In with his sword. Jory comes in with his sword. And as he blocks with his sword and comes across and blocks, he draws a dagger. And the dagger goes right into Jory's eye yeah. in one move. So it's not even a fight. It's a, a parry and stab in the fucking yeah. head. And the, he hits him with such force. It goes through his eye and out the back of his skull. Yeah. And then bump uh, Dragon says Jory should have held back just a couple of seconds and let him and Ned go at him together. Similar to the way that they fought against... Uh, Hightower, I believe it is, where they were the only two men left after fighting, where they're out of like seven men fighting uh, Sir Arthur Dane and 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 uh, and the, and Hightower. I mean, I could be messing up those names. Ren will probably be correcting me very soon. Where Jory and Ned were two of the only survivors in a fight, uh, so he probably should have waited for Ned to work together to take down Jamie, because Jamie is a fucking animal when it really comes down to it. So Jamie stares Jory with a dagger right through the eye. The fighting ceases and Ned moves towards Jamie as we're about to have the fucking epic showdown. It's fa it's fair to say that this went a lot different in the books. We just want to mention this quickly. Uh, Ned Stark, I believe, fell off his horse in the scene in the books or something and bre breaks his leg falling off his horse or something. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. Different. It's, it is different. I like the way it's done here, too. Yeah, uh, I like it. I like it. I like how it's done here better personally and this goes this goes to my point too from last night i don't necessarily and and to katie's point that she was making last night to me about uh i was saying you run up and you gotta help out you gotta jump in that's your your brother your family and all this and this is one of his uh this is a lannister man he's not he's in he's not a gold cloak he's not a white cloak the 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 soldiers he's with are all red crimson wearing Lannister outfits. And so uh that guy ends up as they're going at it and it's a good fight. It's it seems pretty evenly matched throughout. Uh, no, uh, let's get, I want to get into it. I want to talk about the fight. The fight starts and the two fend off each other. The fight's intense as hell. Ned's going for kill shots. But Jamie's style is to be more technical and stall because Jamie needs him up. I just want to point out that Jamie needs to keep him alive. Ne Jamie can't kill him. So, so he's trying to have like honorably take him down, probably cut him out off the legs, and it's it's go it's and Ned is going for kill shots. Personally, if it really comes down to it, I know you might have a difference, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go on the limb. If the fight continues, doesn't interrupt, and Jamie is free to kill Ned, Jamie kills Ned. Relative. No. Jamie kills I think Ned. Ned wins. I think I don't. You're think wrong. You're Jamie wrong. Won. You're wrong. No. <laughs> No, Ned wins. Ned I'm walking. Wins I'll be right. I'll be right back. I'm walking in the other room while you make your point because I don't agree with it. No, I just I have to go grab something. <laughs> no. talk, talk this, is, this is it. I don't necessarily agree. I know that Jamie says that we, we need to take Ned alive, but when it comes down to it, he's fighting Ned Stark outside of this brothel, and the last thing that Ned Stark said to Jamie about fighting was, "I don't fight a man in tournaments because when I fight a man." I fight him for real, and I don't want him to know. Yeah, Jamie wins. Well, so oh, he sorry. knows. <laughs> Jamie knows that if Ned pulls his sword, it is he's not being taken unless it's the, pretty much the way he was taken. He's Jamie's going to either die or have to kill Ned. 
the only way Jamie lives through this fight is what happens happens or Jamie is able to get off a shot because I don't think he would. I don't think he's he's Jamie. better than Ned as a fighter. I okay, really then we we're at a fun. We'll have to agree to disagree here. I think I think Jamie is technically a better fighter in the long run. We'll tire Ned out. Ned could get a swing. Ned's not that much worse than Ned. I mean, he can compete with him there, but I think Jamie's majorly holding back because he needs to keep him alive. I think I think that. When Sir Barristan Selmy says to says to Ned earlier, I'm so happy I never met you on the battlefield, it's because he knows that Ned probably would have beaten mm. Barristan Selmy. And Barristan Selmy can absolutely I think you, I think you're I think you're confusing Ned with uh Boromir. No, I think <laughs> I think Ned could have taken Jamie. I really do. Uh I think that with whatever youth or whatever I think that Ned knows more about fighting and is a yeah, tactics maybe, not not one-on-one -on -one combat tactics tactics not one-on-one -on -one combat no one-on-one sword duel ned stark is going to lose to jamie lannister in the no, end no. yes yes he is more one-on-one -on -one sword no duels. he hasn't no he, jamie is gonna jamie is gonna win jamie is gonna kill him every time dude i'm no, I'll, I'll, i disagree on a, dra let's see what the chat room says other people thought dragon an un uninterrupted jamie beats ned that's that's what we have one uh rachel says i think the only way jamie could have killed ned is if he caught him off guard that's one for you joe uh I, I, honestly but in a fight anything can happen so i honestly think any if the fight yeah. hadn't stopped ned seemed to be getting getting the better in the way the fight was filmed visually i tend to have think that jamie was holding back because he needed to keep him alive because I think it, Ned had the upper. I think Ned was had just turned the tide from a fair fight and was about to have the upper hand when that happened, and that guard knew it, and I think Jamie knew it. I knew this was going to be a fight. I knew I knew we were going to disagree about that because the point was to take them. I'm curious, Kate, Katie. What do you what do you think? Who do you think would have won? I think Ned would win. Absolutely. Ned would win. Okay. Sim similar reason to why Joe, he's just more more seasoned as a fighter that you would think. But Jamie cut some dude's head off when he was like 17 years old in the middle of a battlefield when he wasn't even a knight. Jamie's a fucking a. Uh, and you know what? And you know what? Ned Jamie. Did? Jamie is uh, even. Ba I would want to. I'd want to hear Barristan's answer to this question. And I think well, Barristan Ned, would think Jamie Ned would is, win. Ned is probably. And Ned is the biggest badass in westeros as far as i'm concerned oh you're you're, you're over you're giving ned way too much credit so no, you think no, ned, no, no i really think he is could ned if, have beaten if, robert if in you, his prime you really do you think no answer my question joe about the wars do you think you ned could have beat ned who won those wars do you think ned could have beat robert in one-on-one -on -one combat we're talking about one-on-one -on -one combat here simple no, i don't i do not think that robert that Ned in their prime, I do not think Ned would have beaten Robert in one-on-one -on -one combat. Now he could. Now he'd absolutely, <laughs> oh, absolutely. In, in, could. Not in a pie-eating contest, maybe, but, but no, not in a pie-eating <laughs> contest. But in their prime, no. Robert was the ultimate badass in the kingdom. You know, Rhaegar was a badass, but ultimately he, you know, he let, killed let, Rhaegar read, too. Let, Robert was the ultimate man. Let's let's day. read some uh, comments here. Uh, uh, first of all, it's ha Holland Reed and stood with Ned Stark against Sir Arthur Dane. So I was messing that up in the Tower of yeah. Joy. Thank you. Uh, Dra Dragon says underrupted underrupt Ned. Uh, Jamie beats Ned. Rachel says I think the only way J I said this could have uh, killed Ned is if we caught him off guard. Richie says Ned is not in his prime like Jamie, but Ned has more experience. 
uh, Ghetto Toad says Ned wins. Samir says, uh, would Ned not be stronger while uh, Ned is stronger while Jamie is quicker and swifter? Ren Renwood said, Lord Eddard Stark is sick, and six of his companions, Howard Re Holland Reed, Lord uh, Dustin, Ethan Glover, uh, Sir Cat or Cat uh, Castle, Theo, Theo Wool, and Sir Mark something. I'm not going to try to approach the tower. Uh, Duke Cronk said, Ned's from the north. Northmen are tougher guys. Ren Renwood says, uh, keeping going, and they found three members of the King's Guard, sir. And this is important because of the fight. They found three members of the King's Guard, Sir Arthur Dane, Sir Oswald. Oswell went in Lord Commander Gerald Hightower. Ned did kill one of the one of uh, the men Jamie most respected, Sir Arthur Dane. So Jamie did defeat one man that Jamie would consider a great swordsman. Ren Ren said Eddard and how and and how and Eddard had the tower torn down to build the uh, cairns for eight deceased. Oh. So a very interesting stuff. So mo most people seem to be on your side of it, Joe, and think that uh, think that Jamie. I'm on the I'm on the limb here. And and, and, here, and here's the thing. I, I just I think Jamie say, wins. I'll say, I'll say this. It's going to leave. Do you think Eddard Stark could be? Oh, I want to talk about future characters so much that we're not talking about. <laughs> do you think? Do you think Ned Stark? So you think Ned's the biggest badass in the Seven Kingdoms? That in in a fight to the death, Ned's good. So, Let's just cut through the shit. That fight doesn't get stopped. Ned wins in your mind. That's that's what that's what I believe. Okay. Yes. I now here's the thing. In a fight, anything can happen. You can trip. You can yeah, no, anything angle, can happen. Yeah. Lucky shots, this and that. But if they both fight their perfect fight, I think Ned comes out the victor. Both both in their prime. Ned Ned Ned. No, easy no not even both in their prime. Just at this moment, both fight their perfect fight. I think Ned comes out the victor. Mm. Like, barring no accidents, no, like, I tripped or somebody behind me bumped into me or anything I, like that. Do you know why like, I disagree with you, ultimately? Because I think if the fight goes on long enough, Jamie's skilled enough to fend off Ned long enough to tire Ned out to win, to beat him in the end, because he has stamina on him. That I don't know, I don't know that Ned does have, that he does have stamina on him. I think I he probably he trains does. more more often than Ned does at this point right now. Mm, Jamie yeah, Jamie you know, seems to me like someone that trains constantly. I'm not. I'm still not sure. I think that with the blows that he's going to be blocking from Ned's ice and and is, and he was more Marian pissed off. Steel going up against regular steel, and with the way Ed fights, it's not going to be long. I don't think Jamie's armor and weaponry is going to be able to stand up against ice. I, I hear heavy shit, dude. That's. I hear you. That is a badass with that sword, and that sword but, alone. But is, but Jamie is like ridiculously quick, and there's is, only so many there's I, only so many that swings Jamie that is probably the next the next closest. It's Apollo like, versus Rocky, Joe. It really is. It's it, it, you know what? Uh, and I gotta say, I think Ned ends up with the with the win over it. I do. I really do. Um, Let's read a couple I'm more of the comments. I'm not trying to say Jamie's not a great. No, no, fighter. I hear you. No, no, I'm I, one of the best in the kingdom. I'm not. Life. I'm not saying your opinion's stupid. You know what I mean? I'm, I just, I just have yeah. a different opinion. I can see why. I can see why you could be coming from a different perspective. I just think and the cool-headed, uh, knowledgeable. Here's the thing: when we when we look at fighters, when we look at prize fighters now, all right, these guys are in their prime, winning the belt, not at 18 years old. That's a rare thing. That's a very rare thing. Mike Tyson, very rare. Most of these guys, even in the UFC, 
they're a bit older couple, than the young couple guys. of quick points Usually the older guy is a much better fighter he knows how to take blows better he's not impulsive he thinks about it joe strategy on one interesting point interesting point that just got brought up that needs to be mentioned to add to my that jamie would win uh just for the record he did not have ice with him for that fight it was a different sword Okay. Uh, that point then. Couple quick questions, me uh, comments. Mega Foxy says, uh, "I think that Jamie was more prepared for the fight and more practiced in that moment. I don't think Ned was fighting too many people in the north while Jamie's probably keeping himself in shape right now. I think. Uh, I think. In it, let, sure her, let her thought. Let her thought. Let her thought finish. Let her thought finish. Just because it disagrees, I'm not done. I think in her prime, uh, Ned would have won, but at this point, I think Jamie would have won." Now you can disagree with the point. Let her. Let me finish reading the person's point before you tell them they're wrong. Well, I, I didn't see the second point. I saw the first comment, and then there's someone else, and then yeah, because someone Dragon's else said, you. "Phil, they're with me." Yes, Dragon's right, with me. But 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 no, because here's the thing: how many people is Jamie fighting? He's fucking his sister and standing around listening to Ned fuck. I mean, listening to uh, listen listening to Robert fuck. He's not fighting anybody. He oh might my be gosh! Some of the other Kingsguard who are much poorer sword fighters than him it's getting heated at 1 30 in the morning on the east coast right now. i don't think ned would ever stop training and i think he's helping to train his sons as well and no he has a he has a master of arms he has a master of arms that's doing that joe he has a master he trains like rocky and rocky ford no no he he has somebody else we already know from john's standpoint from john snow's standpoint that he's well, no yes he has other people training but i'm sure ned is out there no sometimes. no ned's hanging out in down, by tree no ned's ned's hanging out with tree hanging out by trees chilling out relaxing enjoying his life yeah no i i think neither one is as practiced as they jamie's should be. no jamie's somewhere training with barriston this and here's the thing Ned no. has seen Jamie fight many times in other tournaments, in tournaments. Not to kill. Ned knows how Jamie fights. Not to kill. Jamie fights Jamie differently does to kill. Not, oh, Jamie does oh, not jo know. Bullshit. Listen, what do you do to George? You're not supposed to kill them, but you're fighting to Joe, kill. stop for you're a second. Stop, stop for a second. What do you do to Jory, who's supposed to be a seasons fighter? You wiped his ass in two seconds. Oh, Jory's Jory's not a season season fighter. Yes, he he's, is a season fighter. He's fought war, yeah, wars he, with he Ned. With the rebellion, he was in that war. He's a soldier. He is a season fighter. I'm not but saying you're that. Say, you're, but yes, you just said he's not a season fighter. Ability. He's nowhere near Jamie Lannister's ability. Jren Renwood says knife to the back of the head. I think Ned wins. Fight against Ned, but Ned's got it. Ned's got it. Yeah. Ned's got it. You wanna you wanna believe that, but it's not true. Punched that motherfucker in the face is because he knew he needed it. No. He knew without that. Jamie wins. It, Jamie outlasts him and kills him in the end. No, no, no. He was he was he's he was so prideful. He was like, I wanted to do that on my own, but he knows he wouldn't have been able to do it. Okay, this is I, we're gonna have to agree to disagree, folks. And this is a good place to cut off the discussion. Thank you, everybody. Samir says thank you for the review, guys, especially going oh, back. It just it ends with with Ned getting a, a a spear in the back of the thigh in the back. Of yeah, the we path, all know how it ends. We all puts know him how it to is. his knee and he falls to the ground. It pans out and Jamie just mounts up and all the guards leave. They don't even take him prisoner. They just leave him laying on the ground with the dead people. Now, and I love how Jamie got pissed off at the guard for breaking up the fight because Jamie would have rathered in that moment die from Ned Stark than or what killed the Ned Stark. Or right, killed him. Right, but he wouldn't have minded his guards letting him die here. It's not the zombie apocalypse. There is such thing as an honorable combat in this world, Correct. and the and and in this moment. They were happy having the Darth Vader versus Luke Skywalker moment to go down and, and in Jamie's eyes end the whole conflict right now with the two of us fighting each other to the death.
Jamie, and that's why I'm, that's why stepped out of line. He shouldn't have done that. That's why I say Jamie's not just a tournament fighter. He has he had he's not just some pussy like Loris that's just been in tournaments. Jamie knows how to really fight, and be, he's been on the battlefield. He grew up. He won his knighthood on a battlefield, killing oh, a guy. Yeah. Like he's yeah. not I'm he's not, not just some no. You were you're, you're implying that he's some pussy guy that's just no fighting in tournaments. Way. He's not. Jamie no, can not. kill Ned Stark. No, he's a he's no, a born killer. Jamie Lannister is a born fucking killer. Ned Stark is a born killer. Out a window. Listen, not but, many people can do that. He just stuck. No, a I'm talking about just as a sword. Joe, listen to me. Listen, let me finish, man. I'm talking about just as a sword fighter. Jamie is born to be a sword fighter. He's born to to in as a as as a person that lives for combat. J uh, Ned is born as a leader, a commander, to be in Lord. Fighting is not the primary thing for Ned. His brother was the fighter in the family. His brother was born to be the leader. He was sent off to fighting school. He was sent off to be Ned a soldier wasn't the fighter. to fight and commit combat. He was taught by John Aaron of the Vale along with Robert, the greatest warrior the West the Westeros has seen in, in, in uh. whatever time that killed Rhaegar in the battle of the, the this is the guys that he trained with to be a soldier, not to be a lord. He that was thrown on him when his brother was killed by the His Mad brother King. was the warrior of the two. He was the better fighter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Stark family, someone in the Stark family's always been at the wall. These are a hardened family that know the life of Jamie the kills them. Uh, I'm I'm just gonna leave it at that jamie kills oh god a anyway guys thank you so much for tuning into this week's game of thrones podcast we will be back on uh on oh, the next time we'll be on doing vikings towards the end of the week and we'll be talking more uh more game of or the walking dead series finale uh at the end of the week or at the beginning of next week and oh, i'm so sad i don't want to wait i don't want to wait <sighs> those months in between and thank you, everybody. Thank you for uh, listening to our rants. We hope that whichever side of that argument you guys fall on, both of us argued our points strong enough to support you whatever your opinion. Hear any of it between us talking over yeah. each other? No, talking. About, yeah, at that point, it just we, we needed the uh, the uh, the the performance art of it all for that for that big screaming match at the end. So <laughs> <laughs> we needed the Siskel and Ebert moment. So so everybody. Also, sometime this weekend, I will be on, or sometime in the week, I'll figure out a time. The Game of Thrones third chapter of the Telltale game is out right now. I have it waiting for me on my PlayStation. I tried to down. I noticed I could have downloaded it last night, and I tried to, but it wouldn't let me. It had like a. Did it come out like this morning or something? <laughs> it was like it was there, but it wouldn't let me download it. Uh, Ren, Ren agrees with you and says Ned was a great soldier. I'm not saying Ned wasn't a great soldier. He he was in more than one war, and uh, so was so was Jamie. Jamie fought in wars as well. Uh, Tim says, "Don't go till Joe says knife to the back of the head." Joe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and exactly the way what would have happened at the end of that fight, Ned would have knifed the back of Jamie's skull. <laughs> knife to the back of Jamie's skull. Oh, uh, so guys, everyone, thank knife you. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you guys next time. Later. Have a good night, everybody. Good night. Oh, and Peace if you out. made it this far and haven't already, please hit the subscribe button. It would make us so, so happy. And share your thoughts on this episode of Game of Thrones and who you thought won this fight and who you, th who you th think would have won the fight if it wasn't stopped. I'm curious of everyone's perspective on this. Anyways, yes. have a good night, all. Bye.